0: On episode 30 of the Galen Trombley Show, I have my friend Paul Deal in studio. Paul is the local sales manager at NBC5. We talk about his job history and how he went from the hotel, restaurant, tourism industry to now sales. We talk about, uh, unfortunately, Dallas football. We talk about CrossFit, how he's now gotten into that and he, that's improved his life. And we also talk a lot about fatherhood. So I hope you guys enjoy episode 30 of the Galen Trombley Show with Paul Deal. Welcome to the Galen Trombley show Welcome to episode 30 of the Galen Trombley show uh, we hit 3-0 um, I have my friend in studio today. Mr. Paul Dio Um Paul, this is your first ever podcast, right? Absolutely, you got All right. it. All right, and the guy's got a the guy's got a face for radio, but he's even got a better <laughs> he's he's even got a better face for television. If that makes any sense, I should say the voice for radio and the face for television. Uh, but good good uh, buddy over here, Paul Dio. So Paul, for people that do not know who you are, give him a little background, kind of a little intro, and then uh, we'll get right to it. All right. Well, thanks uh, thanks for having me here today.
1: Um, I guess I'm the local sales manager at NBC 5. That's what I do for my career. Um, married to my wife Suzanne Dio, We have a son, Caleb. Uh, he's four years old. Going to be five soon. Um, lived basically in this area my whole life. Uh, grew up in Stable Forks. Uh, went away to college and St. Lawrence. Found out I needed to go. It wasn't the right school for me. Came back to Plattsburgh State. Ended up with a degree there in hospitality management of all things. Um, just felt that the hospitality industry, once I learned more about it, wasn't the way I wanted to go And marketing seemed interesting. Got a job with Curtis Lumber as their marketing manager. Did that for a while. Uh, my sales rep from Channel 5 actually, I really liked her a lot, Debbie McNamee. Learned a lot from her and I thought, what is she doing that I couldn't do? She's almost like a marketing consultant. She's not only thinking about you know my business, she's thinking about all sorts of different businesses. And I, an opening came up at PTZ and they were called at a time and applied for it and the rest is history. How many years ago? Uh that would have been eight years ago now.
0: You've been there eight years. Eight now? years, yeah. Seemed wow. seems fast. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't seem like it was that long. I was gonna say, I didn't, I, yeah, no. I, um, so and you said uh, local sales manager at NBC Five. Mm-hmm. So local, what what's that job entail? Like, what's your day to day like? My day-to-day is, uh, you know, coming, I try to
1: get an early look at orders that might have been entered the night before, look at what my days got set up, um, meeting with my account executives or my sales team, see what they're working on through the day, um, definitely forecasting to my boss how we think things are going to finish, try to fit as many client meetings as they can in
0: between. I like to still do that and get on the street. That's what I love about the business. Mm-hmm. Now, do you go, um, are you like a door-to-door kind of guy? Like you go into the businesses, drop in, say hi, um, kind of like a... I, like a, a business development, also sales manager kind of role.
1: I don't do that myself without an A. there would be an account executive that would be bringing me on a meeting.
0: They're the ones who do the business development, thus stopping them by themselves. Okay, but you're still like on, on a on a typical week. How many like businesses do you go into, or meetings do you have with with other companies?
1: It's probably probably one or two a week, where it's an actual meeting to go there. Some, that's probably about the number.
0: Okay, and how many how many sales? how many sales members are on your team? Like, who, who, how many people are on your team of, I guess, in sales at WPTZ?
1: Well, sales reps, I'll have... There's nine when I'm fully staffed on it, my NBC5 side. And we also have the Valley CW. They have a couple sellers over there at full staff.
0: Now, this this is based out of where? Plattsburgh, Vermont, both? When you talk about yeah, sales? Yeah, I,
1: I really split my time. So, I have an office in South Burlington and an office here in Plattsburgh. And it's, you know, two or three days a week there, two or three days a week here.
0: What about, like... uh. A- White River Junction, like down there.
1: So that one moved to Lebanon, New Hampshire. We have an office down there as well. Um, I'm not down there as often. Most of my time is here in Burlington or Plattsburgh. Do you visit there? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Do you, um, are you part of their sale? Do they have any sales force Mm -hmm. down there? Yeah, we have two sellers in that market. So that's part of the nine. Correct. It's all part of the right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how many, how many in Plattsburgh? Uh, Three out of Plattsburgh. Okay. And our friend John is one of them? Our friend John's one of them. Absolutely. Um, John John actually looked um, very dapper the other night. Yeah, I, I so thought he was. He had a very nice, uh, nice suit on. Looked good and look, looked looked uh, very presentable. Um, it was a fun time. We went to uh, what was it? The Red Cross Fire Nice? Yeah, absolutely. You've been there before. I've done it a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a good, good little showing. Good event. M- uh, NBC Five was uh, the, the moderators or hosts of the evening.
1: Right. We MC'd it. Mm-hmm.
0: mc There you go. Um, so who was at your table? But like, who? I, I know. I know. Obviously, the newscasters. We can. We, but like, who was? Um, I met, was Adam? Okay, so yeah, Adam Mintz and his his wife Amy were there. And they both worked there. They both worked there, yeah. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And then the two people to your right.
1: Right, so that was uh, the president and general manager of WPTZ or NBC5, Justin Antonetti. He was there with his wife.
0: Is that the same role, Paul? Was it? Who, was it, who's was it Paul Paul
1: Sands? Paul Sands. Yeah, the same role. Same exactly. role? Yes. What,
0: what was his thing back in the day? My.
1: That's our opinion. What's yours? Yes.
0: Does he? St- I mean, he's he's gone, but does this guy still do it?
1: He does an editorial with a different style to it, right? Paul very much wanted to use that tagline every time. Um, Justin's are a little different. Um, it was
0: classic. It was good.
1: Yeah. Usually the first airing is like Fridays you'll catch it right after our 6 p.m. news. That's the first airing. And then it runs a few times throughout the week after that.
0: So what is... You guys are on at what? What's your schedule like? When? When's the news on? Like, I mean, obviously mornings, but like, what's your morning hours? What's your afternoon hours? What's your evening hours? Like, how do, how does the station like function and work? Sure. So if you look at the day at 4:30 in the morning, actually, mm-hmm. we start running an NBC
1: Today Show feed. So that's not our product, um, but that starts at 4:30 a.m. At 5 a.m., that's when we come on Monday through Saturday. So we start okay. at 5 a.m. Run till seven with local news. Gotcha. Yeah, today's show runs for a couple hours. Then you got various daytime programming like live with Kelly. Uh we have a noon new newscast that runs for thirty minutes. Um, then at four PM Ellen, and then right into local news again. So five P right up to six thirty PM.
0: And then you have obviously the eleven o'clock.
1: Yes, the so, eleven o'clock. And then we do a ten o'clock newscast as well on the Valley CW.
0: Okay. So do you guys have a noon? Yes. Mm-hmm. So you actually have a noon time slot also? We have noon. yeah, noon. Yeah. Now are they full half hour episodes?
1: Yeah, it breaks roughly. In. It programs differently. So five to six is actually one hour. Then six to seven is another in the morning. In the different evening, newscasters,
0: though, different everything.
1: Sometimes it switched up a little bit. Yeah, like they want the five p to have a different flavor than a five thirty p m news, even though a lot of the same people. But
0: so just cross passes are going in now.
1: Sure. Yeah, the morning and noon are usually you'll see similar faces, and in the evening, you know, five p to eleven p will be similar faces as well, just with
0: scheduling. So what happens with like? Today's show comes on 7 to 9, right? Mm-hmm. And But then they do like a news break and they come back and then you guys are in studio again for like, it could be like a minute. Correct. Or, mm-hmm. or like a minute and a half or whatever during commercials. Yep. You guys would do like a little, or like when, uh, what's his name? Like Al Roker will say, that's, you know, that's our, ne- what's the weather in your neck of the woods? And then it mm-hmm. goes to. Then it goes to Caitlin or Tom or Tyler. Right. They're going to. So then they just cut in and they, so you guys are watching this feed the entire time. So like today's show is always on when you guys are in the morning. Cause it's like the the NBC lineup. Yeah, right?
1: correct. And there's, right, there's the clock's ticking down. And there's people talking in their ear to say, "No, you're talking about stuff now that I have nothing to do with the station." Oh well, no, okay, I'm well, right. There but you have a little bit of background? right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so understanding. they're understanding. They, they know it's coming up in X number of seconds.
0: They're counting it down, and then you're live or some version of that. I'm sure they say. So, so like when you guys are coming on, or when when not you, but when other members of the. Uh, the the team come on and like al roker does this thing like out he's got a time cap on his which coincides with your time cap starting yes so they're like hey you gotta you got like 15 seconds and then he does his little sign off and then they know yeah and he's coming there count someone's counting down for okay you're coming back now you're on in
1: five i, I would assuming in this part I was okay again, that's not
0: <laughs> have you ever been on the news No. you've ever been in front of the camera no never the ratings would go up paul would they yeah i, I think so <laughs> Have you ever wanted to be in front of the camera? Is that just not your thing? I did ask
1: uh, one of the news directors once. I said, "How bad would things have to be when they are like Paul? We need you to be the one behind the camera." <laughs> Is it, oh it's, yeah, it's,
0: it's kind of like the hierarchy, like if of like the president, then like the vice president, and it's like the secretary of state. Like you're like yeah, when you're, they
1: grab someone from sales to go in front of camera, it has no idea what they're doing. So right? so, so
0: you're like you're like the uh, the secretary of agriculture, and they sure. just kind of throw you in as like the twentieth person down the line. Right. Oh, absolutely. Like we got to we got to bring in the the right hander. You got Paul right? Deal yeah. out of out of the. Uh, out of the grandstands. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that, so that's interesting. Now, um, background, you said Asebo 4, because is that how you guys know like the the crew I know from Osabel? hmm How old are you again? Uh, 37. Oh, so you're about the same age? Yeah. Of all of them? Um, mm-hmm. Did you go to school with? No, Chris has been a little bit younger. Well, He's so almost Chris 35, was, so he's two years younger, right? Yeah, we
1: went to the same Catholic school. Um, we were in high school together. He's a few years younger than me. I think four years younger than me. Yeah, our families though, have always been intertwined. His mom actually grew up in the house right next door to my dad. So oh, well, wow, okay, yeah. So they were all his family and my family were always very close. And I knew Chris from an early age on. Right? Is uh, Suzanne from around here? Suzanne is from
0: uh, West Z. What, what was her maiden name? Uh, Fountain. Fountain. F- Fountain. Fountain. Yeah. F. Okay. Um, no, that's cool. I, I, I think I knew your, well, I do. I, I mean, I knew of her kind of, not, not super personally, but when we did Chazy Music Theater. Mm-hmm. But I, I moved stuff around. She was an actress. Um, she was on stage singing and dancing. And I was I was kind of like you. I was like the sales of, of uh, CMT. I just sat in the back and moved stuff. And that's a great analogy. Yes, it was right. good. Yeah. People didn't have to actually see me. Mm-hmm. I would go out, but the, uh, the lights would always be black. So you never, if you saw me, there was a problem. Um, so what, what has been your, because you said you went to Plattsburgh State. And then you end up going for HRT, but you got to add HRT to go into marketing?
1: Well, HRT was what I thought I wanted to do. Um, when I was in college trying to figure out what my career was going to be, I was working uh, for the Olympic venues. Uh, a lot of my time was spent at kids' campus at a snack bar there. I would previously worked at Santa's Workshop. I just felt that that was an exciting industry, the hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of, once I graduated and thought about it more, I'm like, man, I don't know how many more of these late nights I want to do. And working every holiday and weekend.
0: Yeah. I mean, have you worked in the restaurant industry too or just possibly? A little yeah, bit. I
1: was at the holiday in here in town for a summer, I, right? Right. Like I said,
0: Sam's workshop. I worked in the kitchen there. Yeah. I think that's got to be one of the hardest hours is because oh, yeah. you're on when people like, like my business a little bit because like people looking at homes and doing things is sometimes after work hours. Like our sometimes hours start right now and go throughout mm-hmm. the evening. Uh, but restaurant is by far the busiest because you have every evening, every weekend, every holiday. Um, but like HRT is very similar. And like I mean, that's to the take away the, the restaurant part of it, but like the tourism and hospitality, same thing. Like spring break, like school breaks, you are that's like prime time. Correct. Or hospitality. Like you work all weekend or, or holidays. I mean, people travel all the time for Christmas. You have mm-hmm. you know, people are there at Christmas time and things like that. So what um like what drew you to that? Just the idea that you just thought it was kind of a cool like a, a fun industry, more so or yeah, I guess I, I liked the thought of entertaining
1: somebody. And to this day, in my personal life, I love to entertain and have host people at our house, friends over and things. I love to put theme parties on. That That's fun to me. So I think that really? was, what was exciting. Yeah.
0: we'll, we'll talk. We'll no, keep going. Get to we'll, that a little we'll, bit. Yeah, we'll talk about theme parties.
1: So I think that was the exciting part to me, and that how people can sell the, the sizzle, not the steak. I hate to use that cheesy line, but it's how do we make it more than just, you know, the great quality food product?
0: Okay, so and so when you did that, you said you ended up going. Like, what's your job history? Because I think we're going to go. I want to talk about your internship um, that you had mentioned. But where does all this line up going into that timeline? Like, give me a timeline. So you graduate high school, you go to St. Lawrence, you leave St. Lawrence, you go to P. State. Mm-hmm. You go. You graduate with not HRT though. You said right? It was an HRT degree. Yes, the Oh, you State. did. I thought mm-hmm. you said it was mark. You switched to marketing.
1: No, afterwards. Okay. So, I, yeah, I ended up getting my MBA in marketing. Oh, MBA. Okay. Right.
0: And where was your
1: MBA at? Empire State College.
0: Okay. You, I know you've told me that. I think... did you, you didn't mention that today, though. No, not today. I was going to say... You, you, I know you, you, didn't you did that, that today, right? No, you did, you did mention that before. So you go there, HRT, and then you go... Your Empire State was right after? Or no? Did you no. wait a few years? No, there was a break, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So graduate college. What do you do right after college? Uh, Well, I was working for Gregory Supply at the time
1: through college. um, Basically 30, 35 hours a week. I managed my schedule to be almost full time there. Yeah. Right. Um, And actually, my boss at the time said, you know, hey, you've graduated now. We want to bring you on board. We'll give you a little bit of a raise. Uh, And I was like, well,
0: great. Is that the St. Gregory's at Curtis Lumber's location, right? Correct, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm.
1: They merged with uh, Curtis Lumber in 2006.
0: Okay. And then you stayed on? I stayed on, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, so from Curtis Lumber then where did you go that, right after that's when i went to
1: um wpgz or nbc5 now
0: then w- when were you at disney
1: okay that was during college it was
0: oh that's what i wanted that's what i wanted well, Yeah, hey, i thought this so was if you
1: start yeah i did the plumbing and heating industry as a kid my family owns Anco heating i did that for years okay um got into college that's when i'm working for gregory supply and i took a break for six months to
0: do the college program at disney world okay so that was kind of like a uh a- some, not a semester abroad, but it was same idea. You just well, didn't leave the... funny yeah. you say that because that's what
1: brought it about was I was looking to do a semester abroad in mm-hmm. Australia, actually. I'd looked into Bond University and I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. But the additional loans I had to take out it was, it was like $10,000 plus, 10 to 12 grand extra. Just for I, a semester, yeah. So I couldn't see doing it at that age. Kind yeah. of in hindsight now, I was like, man, you would have had six months in Australia. You'll never get the chance to do that again.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I was the same. Like when I went to... Plattsburgh State. I graduated with absolutely no debt. I I didn't. I got a couple scholarships. My parents said they were going to spend up to a certain amount of money each year. Like our options were when we got out of college. My parents said, "Hey, we've we've budgeted X amount of dollars for you per s per year. Mm-hmm. You can go to any school you want, but this is how much you're basically. Like if you go above and beyond this, you're doing student loans. and You're doing that stuff. So, me at 18, I had the wherewithal to decide that i wasn't going to go to college to a college above and beyond what my parents were paying i even went as far as not even staying on campus because i didn't want them to pay that because i was just like i'm not going into debt i don't want people like to me i had no i didn't know what i wanted to do at college i got done i had no plans i literally went i applied to one school plattsburgh and got in literally i was just like i'm just gonna go to plattsburgh didn't research any college, didn't do anything. I was like as Me too. As like, yeah, did not I did not care about college at all. I had no intentions of doing anything. And I tried to go as cheap as possible, which I did. I lucky I came out with no student debt, which I think has been a huge benefit. And I encourage any young person, if you don't know what you want to do, don't necessarily go to college just to go. Um but um so yes, I saved money that way, but I was the same boat. I wanted to do a semester abroad and I For the same thing, because I wanted to limit the student debt. So Mm -hmm. you did, obviously, a good job of not getting in the student debt. I'm assuming, based on kind of your storyline as of right now.
1: Right, I kept it a minimum. And seeing that flyer one day around campus about the college program, I'm like, well, that kind of gives me what I'm looking for. Something out of this area. Something to live away from my hometown for six months Mm -hmm. and meet people. It's like a giant melting pot. People from all over the world. Every background and culture you can think of is there.
0: At at Disney? At Disney, So, So you went uh, during what season? I'm assuming the summer? No, it was uh, January. Like I'm getting a January is when okay. I left. Yep. Yeah. Is that peak for them? Must be, actually that would be peak for them.
1: It, as it gets a little bit warmer, January wasn't quite as because
0: really like middle of summer in Florida is miserable. So I can't see that being like the peak of Disney.
1: No, no, you got spring break time right when the, I was going to say like February, April, yeah, May. February starts. You got it. Exactly. February, March, April, May.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So you were there during the during the the wild season. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what did you do at Disney? Well, my role was a, a roll hopper is what they called. So
1: I was Epcot was my primary park. Okay. Um, I basically came in every day and they found out where they were short staff. So I had to be trained in multiple locations and things to do. Some days would be, oh, they're short in this food service restaurant. Can you go there? And I usually did like I would fill sodas up or something like that. Or, oh, they need help at the Living Seas event. Can you stand out there and greet people as they walk
0: in? So you are just kind of a jack of all trades. Jack of all trades, right. um, Now, did uh, so what was the purpose of going down? Besides obviously moving away from the area and kind of living abroad and and not abroad, but living out of the area for six months, what was the skills you were trying to go for? Did it have nothing to do? It was just your probably um, wanting to just go away. I mean, it wasn't, did you go down for a certain part of your career? Like you weren't going down for HRT or were you? Yeah, actually. It kinda, it, I mean, it ties into that mm-hmm. with the and tourism. And I got college credits
1: for it as well. Oh, you did? Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I got, I think, six credits
0: that year. Okay. So um, so you went down with the idea that it was going to help your tourism part of the HRT. Correct. Yes, the it made me a
1: part-time student, I think, technically, but...
0: Okay. No, that's cool. Um, so I've, how many times have you been back to Disney?
1: I have uh, actually once, one time.
0: One? I've never been in my life. That we, was the
1: first time I was down there too. Was for that program.
0: Is it as good as people think say it is?
1: It's pretty sweet. When, when you're a visitor too, especially like people talk about. Oh, was it wonderful the whole time? The magic definitely wears off after the first few weeks of it, for sure. But
0: but like if you were going down for like a week, like if everybody's like, it, it, go down. You're gonna go down and go to all the parks and do mm-hmm. all the things down there. I don't know anything about Disney. I've heard of Epcot. Heard of Animal Ki- Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom.
1: Yeah, Animal Kingdom. Animal magic King- Kingdom is also a park. Oh, there's
0: one. Okay, there you go. So it
1: starts with. Magic Kingdom's opened in the early 70s, late 70s. Then they opened Epcot in the early 80s. Then uh, it was MGM Studios at the time. It might be Disney, Hollywood Studios now. And then Animal Kingdom was the final, the fourth park.
0: So there's four. There's four
1: main parks, right. There's also a water park and some other
0: things, but those are the four main. And when you, you say main, to. like, okay. And I know anybody listening, I don't go to a lot of theme parks. I've probably been to, like, three in my life. So, like, the one I know is Great Escape. Mm-hmm. like. If you were to drop Great Escape in one of those parks, how small is that compared to those parks?
1: Boy, I'm really taking a shot in the dark here in this one. Okay, so if you don't know, quarter, a third of the size of one of those parks, yeah.
0: So of one,
1: of one, I would have imagined
0: right. Okay, that's my guesstimate. Okay, so if you were to go to like Epcot, Epcot would take you easily a full day to do everything at Epcot. Oh yeah, potentially two. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so if somebody's going down for a week to Disney. And you're talking about hitting every single park. You could easily spend a day to two days at each park. Oh yeah, for sure. And that's just hitting the main ones. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was just kind of wondering because someone, someone went down recently, and they did. They 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 were talking about They, they stayed at the parks, like in the hotels there, which mm-hmm. sounds better. Like you'd want to actually be there because it's easier to get back and forth. Yeah. Um, but they said it was a lot of money. Like a family of three, I think, was like six or seven grand go oh, down
1: yeah, it is a big investment for sure
0: yeah so i i don't know i my, my wife is like dead set on going at some point because she went as a kid i have zero like i could care less if i ever go but we'll probably end up going um just because of like i said she'll, she'll i'm sure the kids at some point will love going um mm-hmm. so you now what else did you do there Because you talked about it was an internship position but like what did you learn at disney like what was kind of like the big takeaways from that trip so
1: I learned, I guess, to me, the customer service at Disney way. At the end of the day, that's what I took away from that. Um, it was amazing to me to see how everything was thought of to just wow the guest. And I, today, in my personal life and my career, I've always tried to embrace that. How can I wow any situation? Whether I'm presenting to a customer, whether I'm trying to create our sales presentations, how do I make sure that they're over the top and we're the best out there? Mm-hmm. You know, Disney did that with in many different ways of creating these magical experiences for people and trying to think ahead,
0: kind of like over delivering kind of thing. Correct, like exceeding expectations. I, I read, I have a book, can't see it right now because I got a uh, Brittany's painting up here, but um, I have a I have a book in there that was good. Um, had a whole chapter on that, and basically what it was talking about was elevating everything. So, and and to kind of put it in perspective, I'm trying to think of, say, like a, I'll just do general sales. Say, say someone comes in and. They walk in, they sit at a table, and they have, they're at a sales meeting, and you are pitching them whatever, and they say, yes, no, I want the product or not, shake hands and leave. Like, that's basically, in a nutshell, kind of the the sales experience, and I'm kind of generalizing here a little bit, but that's the sales experience. They talked about how can you elevate that. Maybe when they walk in the door, someone, you know, the front desk lady greets them and says, hey, would you like a coffee? You know, and then everything else is the same. Mm-hmm. Now maybe again they talk about how do you keep going. Maybe they can walk again. The front desk lady says, "Hey Tom, you know, um, can I get your coffee? You know, what, what what will you take? And then anything else that you'd like from our cart or selection, whatever." And then say, "Here, we'll bring you into the room, and they sit them down. Can I you get your jacket? Sit them down. Okay, um, you know, Paul's going to be in here in a couple minutes. Um, is there anything else that you need at this time?" So you're kind of like, so basically, the idea is that every level. Now, what happens if you run that same scenario? The guy sits down, and all of a sudden, he's got a personalized book on the on the, or personalized package already waiting for him with his name on it and a couple little gift bag or something. Then it keeps talking about how can you elevate the experience more and more and more. To all of a sudden, he's like. Holy crap! And I think the the analogy they used in the thing was golf. Like, if you were to go to a golf, this would be easier for me to explain. If you go to golf and you pull your car, or you you park, you know, you park in a normal parking spot. You put your bag on, you grab all your stuff, you lug it up to the front. You know, put it in the rack. Walk, go in, pay your greens fees. You know, get in the car and head down. Now, what happens if somebody pull you pull up? Somebody valet parks, brings your clubs up to you. You walk in. Someone hands you, like, you know. A towel um, from with the logo of the club on it um, brings you into the the pro shop. You go up and you you fill out everything. And they, oh, by the way, here's your scorecard. Here's a couple um, nice like souvenir ball markers and a souvenir ball. And then you walk out. Your clubs are already put on the cart. They've cleaned your clubs prior to going to play. Like you can talk, you can see how they kind of like are elevating the mm-hmm. experience as you go along. So it's the idea that like you're just expecting just to go play the golf and like kind of what we would do here. But then you go to these nice clubs down in. Um, Say Florida or South Carolina, they always, you know, you always have the kids that are running, getting your clubs, you know, getting the clubs out of your cart, you know, cleaning off the bottom of your shoes, make sure there's no grass on the bottom of them or your spikes. But they're doing all this stuff to elevate and and like kind of wow you. Mm -hmm. So I I would think that Disney's got to have some very good, just overall um, cultural kind of things they've put in. That's the culture of Disney to do that wow experience. Because everybody I've talked to says like, Disney, like the magic of Disney. I mean, to me, I'm just, I've never been, so I can't compare it. You know, I mean, I, I, looked, I watched Disney movies as a kid, but I wasn't like a big Disney guy. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't like, you know, I didn't collect Disney souvenirs and things like that. But I have people, I know people now as adults that go to Disney yearly. You oh, know, yeah. Like adults, no kids, mm-hmm. just like they go as oh, adults. Oh, I've seen them. Right. Yeah. And, and which blows my mind because to me, it doesn't make any sense. But again, I've never been. So I'm sure like I'd go down and then I'd experience like, okay, this actually is a pretty cool place. I always think about sitting there like in lines at a theme park, which I have zero interest in doing. Like, wait, that's my thought. Like going into like a big, sitting out like on the heat of tarmac, like waiting to go on a ride with a thousand people, other people, and it's just two hours to get on a ride or forty-five minutes or whatever that you spend. You know, seventy percent of the day just standing in lines.
1: Some of my favorite days at Disney and for personal time were never on a ride. Would you go there for other things that the park had to offer.
0: So what do they have? Like, what do they have besides rides? So
1: like, take Epcot, for example. Okay. So Epcot is all about uh, all the different cultures in the world. Uh, it actually stands for Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow. Um, it was done to showcase all these great technology innovations, and then the world showcase in the back half of it is all about all the different countries in the world and how different cultures can get along. Oh, uh, boy, I've really messed up all the pavilions if I tried to name it, but, like, Canada was there, the U.K. pavilion, you had... Uh, mexico um japan okay.
0: morocco yeah so and everyone has tried to be designed to look
1: just like that country as best as they could
0: so when you say like stations because i've heard this part's pretty cool too so when you talk about stations and you're going up to look at it what are the stations like i mean are they just exhibit yeah, they it's inter- much
1: much bigger than a, a exhibit or a, a station so, it's so you can actually a large yeah there's multiple rooms in this thing there's going to be gift
0: shops restaurants all around this country so too. you have like canada they'll have a restaurant they'll have a gift shop will they have any rides there or is it more of just like they have Some anything might have I- a little ride interactive yeah i'm
1: trying to i think mexico had something a boat ride maybe okay if there's disney buff listings just not correct me on that but they, yeah there were little things like that to do for well, i've sure. heard
0: i've heard it's cool like i've heard it's like a fun thing like mm-hmm. I've got, i think it would be kind of neat because i like countries and i like cultures and stuff like that but i don't know again it to me it's just something that is I've never experienced, so it's kind of tough to picture it. Of course, my theme park is Great Escape, which is, you know, a very small... I think in the grand scheme of theme parks, it's kind Mm -hmm. of a smaller one, but... um, Like they do a
1: flower exhibit every year. That draws people for another reason. So if you want to go to Disney World for the fifth time of this year, well, how about go see the Flower and Garden exhibit and all these different floral arrangements throughout the park.
0: Mm -hmm. So what else? I mean, do they have shows there? Yeah. Like plays or shows or... Like, my sister went and did a race down there. She did, like, a half, half yep, marathon. There's, right,
1: there's a Disney marathon, right, and a half yeah. marathon.
0: Yeah, so she went and did that. Um, like, I've seen pe-
1: people go for different reasons, but... There was an Indiana Jones exhibit at, a, well, it was MGM Studios now. Again, that may have completely changed now, but... Where's the Harry Potter exhibit? Is that in Disney? Or is that his own park? No, that's a, that's a Universal thing. That's
0: different from Disney? Yeah. Oh, where's Universal?
1: It's right in the uh, same Orlando area. Okay.
0: Um, now, what's that Do you know what's at Universal for parks? Oh boy, there was Islands of Adventure. Because that's a the big theme park too. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Okay, I don't work for them. I don't remember that.
0: Yeah, I don't. I'm not a big theme
1: park guy either. So to tell you, yeah,
0: I, I went to uh, I went to Orlando once for a conference. I went outside to play golf one day, and it was so freaking humid that I the rest of the time I just stayed in the hotel. Like I went to the, I, I did like what it was there for but like besides going out to maybe dinner like we pretty much stayed inside because i was i had no intention I actually went downtown orlando one night which is kind of cool but it was it wasn't as bad at night um so you went down there learned the hospitality th- idea came back up then you went into the curtis lumber Gregory went Supply, Cur- M- Cur- yeah. Cur- okay curtis lumber mm-hmm. then right from there you went to wptz
1: yeah, so I was doing a Gregory Supply contractor sales. I came into it for the plumbing and heating business. I liked that the hardware was interesting to me. I learned the rest of it, did contractor sales. When they sold, the Heatherton's owned, and when they sold the business, um, I had been kind of interning on marketing helping out with that. They suggested I should take over the marketing for the, what was the North Division of Curtis Lumber. Okay. That's how I got into there. Right. Did that for five years. And once that ended, then into NBC5 as an account executive.
0: So the position that you're at now is a step up from the account executive role. Yeah, I was
1: an account executive for three and a half years, then
0: promoted to national sales manager, then local sales manager. What's the difference between national and local? Just, just who you're targeting? Like national, you're targeting national ads for your program versus local ads?
1: It's really just about wh- where the business is coming from. So the national sales manager oversees all the television buys that coming out of our rep firms that we have. So, like, you know, New York is the biggest one where they handle most of the agencies. They, the reps talk to the agency. They'll buy for various TV stations, owns, for example. They'll be working with a buyer for a large agency, and they'll take television business for, okay, New England Ford. I'm going to buy your Boston station, your Portland station, your Manchester, New Hampshire station, and Burlington, Vermont station.
0: So when you were working for the – were you just part of the Plattsburgh affiliates of that, or I say w, like WPTZ from NBC5, that is, is that just the affiliates of the ones that we see, or so, are you also doing the ones out of Boston?
1: So we are an NBC affiliate. You know, Our, our TV station here, WPTZ, is owned by the Hearst Corporation. Okay. Um, we actually own more ABC stations than we do NBC across the country. 31 Hearst, does. Hearst does. Hearst okay. does, right. And we just happen to be NBC in this market. Okay. So when our people are selling for us in the national level like that, they'll sell for not only this NBC here, but it happens to be ABC in Boston, ABC in Portland.
0: Um, yeah, because I don't, I don't know how that industry works as well. Like I, I was on the news the other day for Fox and ABC, mm-hmm. and the kid came up and he had a Fox and ABC. And I think he originally had told me ABC, but it ran on both stations, which to me I didn't realize they are both on the same. And I think you had mentioned that to me before. Um, yeah, so Nexar it- owns them. What is it? Next is the company that owns them. Okay, so that like that 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 stuff is just different. I mean, I, it's a different industry, so I don't understand mm-hmm. it as much. But um, so Hearst is based at in New York City. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you said you went. They had the. You show me the building. It's pretty dope. Yeah, absolutely. I liked it. Um, so so Hearst owns the whole thing. So who like locally, they just you guys are renting out a building then, pretty much, and just going off like doing your. your well, it's your,
1: our our building, I mean, we we are the so Hearst still owns the building. Hearst owns the building. Gotcha. They own all the newscasts we produce. Right, we just air it with we partner with NBC, if you will.
0: How many satellite dishes do you have in the back?
1: Oh man, I don't know what that is. A dozen, probably.
0: There's there's more than a dozen. Really, that's all a dozen. I feel it's a
1: dozen. Maybe it's a little bit more. I've never quite actually a bit. counted them.
0: There's quite a bit. Mm-hmm. My my favorite is when they had the big storm and one of the weather guys goes out on the back the back deck and he, he gives a he gives a perspective about how much snow has been. Uh, been filling up back there.
1: Yeah, they get the angle where the dishes in the background. Right? Yeah, that's, that's the one mm-hmm. you see right
0: off the back door. Um, is uh, actually one of the interns that works for me here works for you guys too, and you probably don't see her though. I think she's early in the morning or weekends. Carrie.
1: Yeah, I don't. Unfortunately, oh. right. I don't see many okay. of them.
0: So um, she told me that Tom Messner is the man there. He is for sure. Tom, Tom is like Tom is like an OG. How long has Tom been there? Thirty years.
1: If it's not 30, it's got to be close. I feel like it's 30, yeah. I'm I've been thinking... alive for
0: 30 years, and I've only known Tom, so.
1: Right. I, same thing here. At 37, I, I only remember Tom. Is he 60? Oh, I don't know there. I'm not touching that one. I don't know. <laughs> something. I mean, maybe. he looks he looks good. I just he don't know. He looks great, yeah. He's,
0: well, no, if he started when he was in his 20s, he might be mid-50s. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. We'll get him on. Yeah, right. There we go. We'll work, we'll work on that. Um, no, that's pretty cool. So when, when you went, you did all that, came back did the WPTZ thing. Now kind of what you had talked to me before about is you said the TV journalism industry. Mm-hmm. So expand on that. Like what, what you obviously have a passion for that, that aspect of the business, but go, go a little bit into what you mean by TV journalism industry.
1: I just think it, it wasn't something that originally got me into the business. I wanted to be a marketing consultant and I felt an account executive was a great way to do that. So that's still my passion. I think that's great that I'm able to help a local business grow. Um, but it's also rewarding to know that I'm helping to make sure people stay informed. I don't think there's anyone who does a better job than uh, you know television journalism. We're showing you. We're going out live on the scene. We're using video footage to explain the story and tell the story of what's going on. You know, you look at the escape at Dannemora, that whole event going on for, gosh, look a month, right? hmm you know, there were people twenty four seven around the clock. you know, as part of Hearst, we had people flying in from different markets to help make sure we were always there and on air for that one that that was impressive to see what
0: was, we did. Was that your biggest story you guys have ever covered? as long as I've been there for sure. Yeah, because yeah. I would think like the ice storm would have probably been a big one. Like, I'm mm-hmm. trying to think of major ones, but I mean obviously probably like nine eleven and things like that. but if you really take because that was such a global or that was such a national story, but it was so it was local for us. Which is mm-hmm. funny to see, but it was really on every news station. Like, NBC Nightly News like, was a headline of the nightly news for days. Um, and
1: you, yeah, and you think that it was—they thought at one point that they had escaped over to Vermont. So we had you yeah. know, both governors talking on camera at one point at Dan and Warren. Like, what the heck? At the same it,
0: time, they were both—oh, yeah, you're right. Shum, was it Shumlin? I believe so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember the second day or third day in? They were like in Willsboro supposedly, and remember he had everybody. It was the same thing. Like you guys had news station, news crews all over the place. So you guys must have been like all hands on deck kind of thing that day that, that for that month. Right. It theory. wasn't
1: just about a cool story. It was myself going. If they could have made it to Willsboro, well, heck, they could be in my backyard. They might be. I might go to my shed this afternoon and yeah. find
0: them in there. And at that point, they'd do anything to. Yeah. I. I mean, actually, I give. Um, I thought uh, who Stephanie was obviously the head. Who else was doing it with her at the time, back then? It was at oh, 15. Was, who, who was, was George in,
1: in LA there still?
0: I want to say, was, yeah, maybe George. I think George was still there, right? I think so. I think you're right. Because they did a they did a very good job. Because they were, I mean, again, they were, I mean, it was national at that point. Like, they were being interviewed all over the place. I mm-hmm. mean, I think they, I don't know if they went down and, I don't know. They, they did quite a bit, though. I mean, I, I know in all hours of the night. I mean, I remember just, like, being glued to the TV. That's the most I've ever watched the news since, probably ever. I mean, and, and I think it was you guys that I pretty much had on your list of the national stuff, which was fine. But like you wanted the local news in that situation because it was so local. Mm-hmm. For, I know it sounds dumb to say, but typically like you'd watch like, you know, a presidential election. You're probably watching NBC majority of the time for the, the main national anchors that are down in New York City doing the thing. And then you guys obviously come in and do like the local part of it, which to me is more entertaining because like those are the ones we actually vote on. For the most part, but usually, like, at, at, if you're looking at a story like that, the the national news is just taking clips that you guys are shooting. You know what I mean? Like when you guys are out there actually doing the filming and it's getting p- published or down there, they're coming from your affiliate and sending that footage down.
1: I, I don't know how much of that happened. Uh, and again, someone who <laughs> deals with that side of the business could answer this more correctly. But I I feel like you had NBC and these other networks coming up here themselves. I mean, the trucks in Danamora from Cable networks, etc. It was unbelievable. So they, they were getting their
0: own footage in many cases. Well, I know the, uh, was it Miguel Almaguer? Is that his name? From NBC or Today Show? NBC News, whatever. He was okay. one of the guys. And yeah. He was one, one doing it. But I think I think there was a lot of them, though, that I remember seeing like on the bottom, like WPTZ, like uh, national stuff. So I think there was a lot of interviews or or footage that you guys were grabbing. I'm and,
1: sure we provided a ton of footage, right? Yeah. So we definitely work with the network and do that,
0: right? Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um. No, that, that was the that was just the main one because I remember like staying up like late at night with like, you know, you'd be watching like Stephanie Goren like, to like 11, 12 o'clock at night being like, have they caught him? All of a sudden like, hey, nothing to report yet. And like mornings back on. And like, I just remember, I remember sitting, uh, we lived in, well, we still do, but Morrisonville. I remember the like NBC News, like, yeah, they're out there with like helicopters looking for these guys. And all of a sudden you just hear like going over our house, which was kind of, kind of freaky, you know, because mm-hmm. Dana Moore is probably like within 10 miles of our house. And uh, so I just thought that was kind of like a fun, I say fun, it wasn't good, but you know what I mean? It was just kind of like a unique perspective because very rarely are we watching stuff like national news develop locally like that. Right. That so I was, can remember. I don't know anything that's been ever national news up here. Maybe uh, a weather. Part of the ice storm. You yeah, was was like a that weather phenomenon. Right,
1: it wasn't just us.
0: Yeah, it was all New England. I no that that's... Um, so the, the TV journalism industry, I what do you think about... I think the TV journalism has been hit pretty hard over the last few years, you know, with I, I think right now with so much media and so much things that you can consume day to day it's trying to, is trying to weed out what's legitimate and what's not, you know, mm-hmm. like obviously fake news has been around, but you talk about like all these things where, I mean, I kind of look at, I have different perspectives on different, like I don't watch the news a lot just because. One, I'm busy. But two, it's like there's just so much stuff. Like I like the local news. I don't really care. Like when I turn on the national news and they talk for 20 minutes about just negative, negative, negative stories. And then all of a sudden, like the last like five minutes is like a positive story. To me, there's – I mean, and I get it. Neg- negativity in a lot of those senses is what sells stories because people like that stuff. They like gossip. They like reality TV. They like that kind of stuff. But what do what you – having been in the – being in the, in the industry with like a journalism – like I obviously journalism is important and I think there's some very good journalists out there, but then I also think that we're starting to get, I I think some kind of conflicting views and some people are more skeptic of good journalism now because it's, there's so many bad journalism out there that you almost have to try to decipher like the bullshit meter kind of thing of which one's good and which one's bad. But I think that it ends up at least in my eyes has, has clouded some very good journalism stories because There's so much just crazy, you know, to me, bias kind of news. Like I'd rather just see someone come up and say like, here's the facts, not like put a spin on it or try to, you know, put a perspective on it or someone who's saying it, make a comment that shows an opinion based on the story. What are your thoughts on that? Again, this might be kind of out of the sales part, but I, but I think it ties into like you said, like the TV journalism aspect, because you mentioned there's still some very good journalism, very good journalists out there that do. And I'm sure there's phenomenal people that really have a passion for bringing the news to people to be informed of what's actually going on.
1: Well, I think that really, again, from I'm in sales, as you know, so I think that really helps. The survey after survey that we see show that local news is where people go and it's the most trusted. Um, When anything bad happens in their community major, that's where they turn to because they think it it weeds that out, right? It's very easy for anybody to – throw a story up or what they think is a story on Facebook, which may or may not be true. So there's many great things that social media does to allow us to share news stories, but when it comes from my nbc 5 and you see that shared, that holds extra weight to it. That You're already that much more credible because of that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think the local aspect of news is... Like I, I I find that local news is reliable. Like if I if I have like a, if I'm watching you guys cover a story that's local, like to me that's a legitimate source of information. When I watch something like NBC or CNN or Fox News or something on a national scale, to me, I think there's a lot of bias behind it. I think there's a lot of journalism bias. I was I was watching um, I was watching a Netflix documentary and they talked about how Facebook in uh, Google because of their analytics and their user information and user mm-hmm. behavior that they can track based off based off of everything that we punch in every Google search every Amazon order every you know click and like and, and whatever on Facebook that they can sway they're talking about swaying elections because they can Facebook which I know has been kind of hit with this recently is like they can put on their front page, Conflicting stories showing pro for one candidate, con for one candidate, or where they position stories, or how which stories they put up first, and they've been kind of slammed on this whether or not it actually happens. But I think there's some level of, and maybe it's not intentional bias, but I think it happens just because people's beliefs would rather put certain articles here and there. But they're talking about the the reach that those two companies have, which is incredible because they have oh, yeah. they literally have everybody's information at their fingertips. Mm-hmm. Is you know, they could sway. I don't think – that it's definitely not going to happen on like a, a – I don't think on a local level because I think that you guys are very unbiased. You, like like that's what I like, just reporting. This is the facts. This is the news. This is what happened. This is, you know, who's involved or whatever. But it's not a story where it's like, you know, trying to push the views on people where I find that more of the national media, they, all, they kind of all lean one way or the other when it comes to um, – politics or views or certain things that you would think that are to me are kind of off limits like I don't talk about politics on this show I don't talk about you know a lot of very like touchy subjects because people feel very strongly about certain things like I have my views people have ver- their views mm-hmm. but to me that's where they should just stand is like your personal views and you don't have to like push it on somebody else Um but it was it was unique to see that story about how they have so much information at their fingertips that they can sway basically what we consume as consumers of information on – everybody's on their phone all day long, whether it's an ad you see on Instagram or whether it's a story you see on Google or or a pop-up for something. Um, just how much stuff is is able to be seen by those companies because of just how far or how their global, or global reach. But the reach that they have and the power they have on that. I mean um, – do you guys find any of that stuff in regards to, I mean, how does you think anything like that ties in the sales at all? Like when you guys make, like when you go to a company and like make a sales pitch or or like what, what are you, what's the pros? What's the, what are you selling people on? Because I mean, I've, I do a lot of marketing. We do, mm-hmm. I, I you know, we've talked about this before, but like what, what's your, I mean, you talk about tv um you talk about ad space and things like that so like when you go to a sales meeting like what are are you telling people um or what's part of your your pitch like what's part of your sales um sales strategy or sales game plan of how you're going to help companies out
1: well ideally i'm not really getting to any of our products right away um before i even if i was to want to Consider you to advertise with us. I'd want to research your business first, understand a little bit of what you're doing, and try to find a way to get to know more about what your exact goals are. Um, and then to get into, well, here's why I think, you know, the television advertising makes the most sense for you and for what you're trying to accomplish this year. I, I don't think there's anything that's more effective than video advertising. I just feel that's as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and when you look at the scale of, that we can reach with a spot in like our 6 p.m. news, for example, the, the cost per thousand, nothing's going to match that. Um, especially when you talk about an ad on a 60-inch TV in many people's homes, you know, in high definition. Um, I don't know what the cost per thousand is to Some of the other things they're buying, but it, to me, nothing's going to be more effective than that. And as the industry changes and there's different ways people consume their video,
0: uh, you know, we're adapting with that as well. So how how have you guys adapted over? Because we're seeing like my, when I was talking with you about um, about marketing and stuff. Like I I'm very big on where people consume media, which to me mm-hmm. is like people have their phones within a arm's reach. Sure, yeah, my area. Nine, yeah, ninety yeah, percent of the this is probably the farthest I'm gonna be from my phone. Right, it's uh, over there, and it's it's because it's just taping us, and I don't have it on me. I have my phone on me, but and even while I'm sleeping, it's my alarm clock. You know, so I always have my phone on me, but I'm always looking at where. Where are the eyeballs? Where are people going? Like how have you guys – obviously because you can't – nobody can get away from the fact that people consume stuff on their phone more than any other medium on earth. I mean the the average American. So how have you guys have adapted to that? Because I see stuff for NBC. I see stuff on my phone depending on what I'm doing. Like mm-hmm. you guys have adapted. I mean you have to. I mean so what have you guys done? What products do you have that – maybe hit someone from more of like a mobile optimized world that we're in now like how have you guys changed up or or are able to factor in different things of how people consume media today versus you know same thing with like youtube tv and amazon prime and netflix and things like that and i think obviously netflix i don't think has ads on it yet but you know like a youtube tv which that's how we consume that's what our our um you know we, we got rid of cable and all that and we just like how are you guys tapping into those kind of industries so I, I love what you
1: said about you're trying to reach eyeballs that that's basically a quote that my first general sales manager uh, Chris's father-in-law told to me that you know, asked me what do you what do we sell here and you start thinking oh I don't know, we sell ads in the news we sell eyeballs we sell a, an impression to people that that's what we're offering our advertisers and no matter how they're doing it, you know, sure, right now, most of it's still on a standard television, whether it's through a cable subscription or over the air, but we stream all of our newscasts. Um, they're watched on their tablets and their phones, that kind of thing. There's certainly clips through social media that people are viewing. And then when they're more interested in the story, they click through to our app to find out more. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, I follow pretty much everybody at NBC that I, that I know of. I mm-hmm. mean, obviously the big, the big people of, I see the newscasters and the meteorologists, I follow them, um, and I think a lot of it—it's kind of cool because it gives like kind of like a a, a more personal connection to. Um, I kind of say it like the other day when we we're at the Fire nice like you had four anchors there, right? Because mm-hmm. um, you had da- three, right? David, David Schne- Schneider, no, four, yeah, yeah, right. David, and then three girls. So I mean, you had you have four people that you otherwise would only see online, but like that I follow them on social media. It's kind of cool because I can see like, oh, so and so has a dog, or Caitlin's going like hiking or skiing, mm-hmm. you know, like and but. I kind of like that aspect, but I, there's times that I see stuff through what they post that like I would check out otherwise I probably would not have seen cuz I don't like I wouldn't watch the news, you know, just like my day-to-day comes on. I don't get home too often the news is on anyways and by hopefully by 11, I'm sleeping so I can get up for for uh for the gym, which we know doesn't happen all the time, but
1: Well, there you go right. I go to the gym as well basically every day and I miss the morning. I never watch the morning news, but I'm mm-hmm. Inform because I maybe I see the story on Facebook that that's what brings me over. The breaking see, news alert gets me to the app and then I see other content.
0: Yeah, same thing. And I I think like I would say WPTZ is probably my first place to go for news in the sense like I'm way more interested in local news than national news. Um, I mean, I for my business, I really, just in general, I don't really care what's going on outside of our region. I like knowing you know, developing stories or I like knowing economic stories about our area. I like knowing, hey, this new restaurant's coming in or, hey, this new store's coming in or, hey, you know, like all these like local stories because I probably know somebody or it gives mm-hmm. me a talking point when I'm meeting with a lot of people. So I, I rely on it. That's why I follow a lot of them. Like I like knowing what's going on in our, our you know, North country area. Um. So, but from a sales point, like when you go up and you talk to people like what's, like how what's your reach as a media like in regards to television in regards to different time frames in regards to like different times of the because um, I've, I've gotten away like we, we've done um, print advertising for the longest time I've taken all the money out of print advertising because um, I, there's I mean we only have so much of a budget so like we you know we, we allocate it where we finds our biggest ROI type of deal or what what drives what we need um, so how have you guys adjusted? Cause like I said, for print advertising, a lot of like newspapers are streaming online, you know, they're sure. streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, so like we don't, like we look, I, I kind of find it, you know, you know, those little pamphlets, like the home buyer guide, like I find those things are a joke. Like anybody that to me, anybody that's still advertising in those is just throwing money away. You know, like, it, like it's gotten down to the point now where it's like three pieces of paper and it could blow away, you know, if you just held it up in the air. Um, but how have you guys been able to... Um, I don't think print was as big with you guys but like in regards to being like a competitor of yours but when you when you're selling are you out are you trying to outsell other networks are you trying to outsell other sources of where you can consume or like who's your biggest competition when it comes to sales
1: I I think number one would probably be other television stations just because once you get someone who believes in the power of tv it's you know which station I'm going to go with and I think for the record they all represent a great product I you know I think we have a, a better offer in many cases, maybe that's my bias, I'm sure, but But you guys have a, a bigger a bigger reach too, I would think. Or is that not the same? We, well we all reach, you know, hundred percent of the television households in the Burlington Plattsburgh market. If you're talking about the four major networks, they're gonna be able to reach all seven hundred and thirty thousand mm-hmm. people in Burlington Plattsburgh, whether
0: they receive it over the air or through cable or, you know, direct T V or Dish. So what's the top what's the top one right now? Like overall, like it not just up here, but like if you were to take the national scale, like overall, does I would think NBC's got to be one of the top ones. Am I wrong on that or no? It depends on the program, I guess. To say, you know, I'd love to tell
1: you that NBC has all the best shows and our you know we win so, every single time, every so, demo.
0: So they look at everything. So, yeah, like, so, a, we so like, a, about? like a sitcom and the news is all factored in
1: from a but station perspective. It, it's all monitored. Nielsen and Elcom ComScore measures all of us. It. So it depends on the show you're talking, though. We measure like 15-minute increments in some cases.
0: Okay, so when, when you guys factor in, so you're just doing primarily the news in general. Or are you still well, factoring in? I sell in? everything. I sell so NBC, you're factoring Prime
1: primetime. To... I sell sports. Yeah. So, which, okay, so that's good. We I didn't sell know networks that. outside of television. We have many networks where we can do what they call OTT or over the top advertising. You reference Netflix is a great example of mm-hmm. that. Now, there's no ads available to sell, but Hulu has ads available. So, you guys are selling those too. Yeah, different things like that, and it's not directly Hulu, but things like that. So some may end up in Hulu, some may end up in your Roku
0: TV. You'll be so watching something. What What's your best? What's your best reach of? I, I have an idea of what I think would be the best source of advertising for TV. But what What do you think is, from your perspective, probably the best buy for? Um, now, it might obviously be depending on budget and things like that, but what, where do you think is the best place to allocate money if you were to do from a TV standpoint?
1: So generally speaking, it's going to be local news. Now, if you think of it, that's it is, our okay. product. We produce all of the newscasts. We have 100% of the inventory to sell. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think, I think that's, that's your best bang for your buck. Is the local news. The local news, for sure. Does it
0: matter morning, afternoon, evening?
1: I don't think so. You're splitting hairs at that point. Some that, people will okay. tell me, oh, there's people are getting ready in the morning. They're not paying attention as much. I don't know that I believe that, that a viewer is less of a quality than the evening news, for example. People be cooking dinner. You could argue that. I just feel at the end of the day that the amount of viewers watching and the, the rates that they go for, that's the lowest cost per thousand
0: when it comes to television advertising. And so something like primetime, do you think that would be... That's not as... I mean, people couldn't watch it, but it's not going to be as big as the local news. I think... Is it, is it okay? So, my, my, my question is if I would think that the three most important or the three in the order, I think would be well, you just said local news, so that kind of switched what I was going to say. Makes sense, though. Be local news, then to me it would be sports, and then primetime. I think that'd be about right. The reason I say that is local news is on at a certain time and people will sit down and watch it and they will watch the commercials will come on and they'll watch it for that time frame where i find like primetime because you could watch the voice which is on NBC you could watch it streaming the next day or you could DVR it and watch it later and you would pass through the the commercials that somebody at that point would treat that primetime show whether it be you know something on NBC as being like hey i can I can't get to it tonight. I'll watch it tomorrow, and they might DVR it and pass through everything because it's. They're almost looking at it as like a, an, um, and now like Netflix, like I, I can just watch it now. I mm-hmm. don't need to. But on the flip side, if you watch like a sporting event, like if you watch Sunday Night Football on NBC, which is probably the highest rating of football all week, is the telecast at night. Um, to me, who's DVRing that? Like people are watching that entire thing. So would that be a better use of advertising? Because to me, like live sports. Nobody's very rarely do people sit, like not sit down and watch live sports when live sports are happening. Otherwise, like why would you? You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't tape a playoff game. I I, I remember one time in my life I ever taped a uh, a sporting event to watch it later on, and it was when um, UVM beat Syracuse in 2005. I remember I actually taped it. We were actually at a CMT thing. I remember taping the game. Did not talk to anybody. Went home. The game was over. I I went down in the basement, put the game on. I believe on, on VHS, popped it in and watched the game in its entirety. The, the outcome had already happened, and I watched the entire game not knowing a single thing was just as jacked up when they won had I been there two and a half hours earlier. Um, but people don't usually do that, so they just watch sports all the way through. So like, my, my understanding would be that that would probably be better than primetime, but am I wrong on that? Do you think primetime hits more people?
1: Yeah, I guess it depends on the sport, right? But if you're talking about you know the thousands of people reaching the quality of that thousands of people, I think mm-hmm. you're you're right. Local news, prime or prime sporting events, certainly you're really you're, you're leaning forward that you're watching that very closely, right? To the sporting event when that football game's on, and my Cowboys are playing week one against the Giants. Yeah, right. That's gonna be fun, right?
0: We should watch it together. That'd we should. That'll be, be, be great. That'd right? be a
1: good time. Good evening. Set up the mics for that one. Get no we could we could maybe we
0: better not we we I, are you are you do you yell at the tv sometimes sure you get it you get angry i have fun with it yeah exactly I've... paul shows up to the gym in the morning he's got decked out in just blue and gr- uh, silver silver and blue is that their colors mm-hmm. official colors you got a lot of dallas gear your shoes are that way you have a blue truck right i have a blue truck right blue truck you got dallas you got dallas decals on the on the license plates i do mm-hmm. um why are you a dallas cowboys fan so my because you grew up in the '90s, I,
1: I grew well. Yeah, that that sealed the deal, right for okay. sure. So my father in high school had a friend who was from Texas, who was a Cowboys fan. Cowboys were pretty good in the '70s, won a couple Super Bowls. That carried over to me. I remember I was a Giants fan for a, a game, basically. And about halfway through the game, I cheered for the Giants scoring a touchdown, and my dad looked at me and said, "That'll be the last
0: blank in time you ever cheer for that team again in this house." And he's like, "Okay." So I I'm always curious. My wife's a Forty Nine er fan, but she grew up in the '90s. Like that was when she like when you had uh you know uh Steve Young and, and, and Jerry Rice, and that was like they won some champ or won some Super Bowls. And now you see like a lot of kids are Patriot fans because mm-hmm. Patriots are good. So you're gonna have all these people all around the world that. So I'm always curious. Like Dallas, I think is the same way because they were good. Like nobody's nobody up here is is a Arizona Cardinal fan. You know what I mean? Like like why would you be they never won anything, they're not from the area, like it just wouldn't be a team that you would really support. Well, actually, um uh, I'm an
1: American and Dallas Cowboys are America's team, so I that's a local team. It makes perfect sense that I cheer for them. Pa-
0: Paul Deal, a true American. Um right. not, well, I mean that's why I'm a Giants fan. If you guys have already heard that. That's well, we've more championships since how many Dallas have? Four? Five. You do have five? Mm-hmm. The Giants have four. All right. That's all right. Um, so, but, but like, for me, I grew up as a Giants fan since I was a kid. My dad was a Giants fan. Like, I just remember as a little kid, like, watching the Giants. And starting to really get into the Giants, you know, probably, like, late 90s. I remember watching a couple Super Bowls, but I wasn't, like, super in, into them then. But, like, Tiki Barber, Jason Sehorne, um back when they had Car- uh, Kerry Collins. I mean, that was kind of, like, my first wave, Ron Dayne. Uh, Mike, obviously Mike Strahan, like those guys were like my first wave of Giants. And I've, I've been watching them ever since. Now, granted, the last few years have been painful. But um, I just think if you're from up here, you've gotta have, like, you got to have a, some kind of tie to, to Dallas. So yours was just more of like your just family always rooting for them. Right, exactly. So how, how did they start rooting for him? Was it the same way, just because your dad's 70s? No, really my, I mean, my dad had a
1: friend who moved from Texas up here. So he was a Cowboys fan. And mm-hmm. they started cheering for him. Um, and then
0: I think his brothers all caught on to it. Oh, so they're just hanging out with buddies, and then that was just by default who they were cheering for. So they just kind of cheered with their buddy just to have more fun. So they were, you know, something because they're watching the same team every week. Mm So um, I saw somebody one time, and I think I forgot who it was that told me, and they were watching the two teams, and they thought it was the Patriots, but the writing was so small they couldn't actually see it. So they started cheering for who was this that told me that? They were like a, I think they were Patriot fans, but. They didn't know that it was the blue team, and the blue team was actually the uh, Giants. That's and incredible. the whole season, they were cheering because the screen was too small, and they couldn't tell <laughs> that it said NYG instead of N-Y-E, mm-hmm. or N-E-whatever, N-E-P, whatever they had for New England. So <clears throat> that that was just how they, by default, became Giants fans. Um, so what's your most memorable Dallas Cowboy game?
1: Oh, man. I... I just, one of Tony Romo's comebacks, he was losing to the Bills. By, and John Marahue and I joke about this one, too. He was losing to the Bills. We, gosh, this What's is What's John? Is he a Bills fan? John's a Bills fan, yeah. Really? Wow, okay. We were losing to the Bills by, I think, even the second half. Pretty bad. I, don't quote me to points. It was like 20-something points you're down by. And Romo's throwing picks like there's no tomorrow. And then he took us back, set us up to kick a field goal to win the game. And then Dallas won the game. And I'm like, how the hell does that happen? What a roller coaster of emotions here. I
0: was through to that one. I, I think... I think if you're – well, the other thing is I think if you're a Bills fan, like if you're a Bills fan, you're a true Bills fan because they haven't done anything in a long time. No. And they went four Super Bowls in a row with losing. Yeah, I remember some of those. So, I mean, you got to think that – I I give credit to the people that are Bills fans because they've they've been hurt. I mean, I I watched the Giants from – I mean, when I was a kid, I watched them. I didn't really have as much memory, but they won 2008, so I went – Eighteen years with them not winning, or seventeen years. They won in '91, but I was a little baby, you know. So, like, you kind of look at that aspect of it. You know, I, I've I've been lucky enough to see two giant Super Bowls, which I've been pumped for because it's a, it's a difference when your team is playing in it. In two thousand one, they played two, but they lost the Ravens. Right? Yeah, now, you're catching up to me. I've seen three, just for the record. Three, three Cowboys Super Bowls
1: went three wins. Three wins. Has the Cowboys? How many have they played in that they've lost? Oh, that's a fun stat. show it right. Yeah, three. Oh, I didn't so know. Eight, I, yeah, eight Super Bowl appearances, right? They eight, won five okay. of them. Yep.
0: Because I think the Giants have. I think the Giants are four and one. That might be right. Because I think. I think. I don't think they, unless they went back in like the '60s or '70s, which I don't think they did. I think the. I think the late '80s with like Phil Simms and those guys. I think LT. Like those were. I think they won like '88 or something, and then '91, '87, '91. It was something like that. They were the
1: first one to beat the Bills, right? It was the Giants and the Redskins and the Cowboys twice. Yes. So that
0: that timeline kind of sounds right to me. Yes. And then 08, which I love because that's when they beat the Patriots. And I'm not – I'm a Patriot. Actually, I do like – I like Brady and Belichick. I'm not really – I wouldn't say a Patriots fan. I just like Belichick and Brady. I think they've been able to do something very cool and be consistent. Um, But it was cool seeing the Giants win that year because that was my senior year of high school. And then they won my senior year of college again – so it was like it was very cool to me. So those are my two. First one definitely 08 was by far my favorite football game of all time when uh, David Tyree caught it on the helmet, fell back, saved it, went. That was the only time I cheered for my Giants in the whole my whole life. Do was this that
1: game. Did you hate the Patriots that much? I just it was almost the there's no way they're going to go 18 1. There's just there's no way. This is happening right now. Come on. Were you rooting Look, that's just being a sports fan at that point. Sure, so, I would so, still love to see the Giants lose that game.
0: So who are you rooting
1: for in that game? The Giants for sure? No, oh no, no. I, I wanted the, originally I think the Patriots, but just seeing the Giants get wow, they could really do this. Like oh yeah, the, yeah. the, the well, unthinkable. If you, re- if you
0: remember though, like the one of the last games of the year, like mid December games, they lost at the. I think they played at the Meadowlands and they lost a very close game late. And I think they lost like Randy Moss caught a really big touchdown pass late in the game and they won that game. And that was like, I remember watching that whole thing and I was like, are you kidding me? Because nobody beat them. They were undefeated going to the Super Bowl. But like the Giants only lost by a few points. I'd have to uh, look it up and see exactly what the score was. I just remember that game being super vivid. I think it was like a, I think it was a night game. It was either a four or an 830 game. And they were a wild card team too, right? When they made the playoffs. Both both games they were. Yeah, they were like a number six seed. They played every single one of their games on the road. And they ended up when they ended up winning i part of me and again i know this is crazy like part of me was disappointed the giants made the the 08 playoffs because i hate the fact that the 72 dolphins run their mouth about being the only undefeated team ever when you look at the stats they played less games they were barely winning games and the patriots of 07 08 were i mean steamrolling teams like the games were over right. by halftime mm-hmm. And then the Giants end up winning. So, to me, it's like I would have loved to see them go undefeated. But as soon as the Giants were – like I was rooting for the Patriots the whole time against the Super Bowl. I never thought the Giants would ever get there. By the time the Giants actually won and got there, I was like, well, I'm obviously rooting for the Giants. Um, so, I, I'd love to see a team go undefeated at some point. I don't know if they'll do it. I mean, it will happen, I think, eventually. But like in our lifetime now, because the team's – the athletes are so much closer to each other, meaning they, you know what I mean? Like after a certain point, every team and every athlete, it's kind of like baseball. Like Babe Ruth back in the day shouldn't have been as good as he was. You know what I mean? He just Mm -hmm. wasn't a very athletic guy. I mean, granted, he could hit a ball over the fence, but he wasn't, you know, look at him and be like, this guy's in great shape. And now when you look at baseball players, they're all athletic and it's like majority of them are athletic. And you kind of look at it like the pool of the pitchers are all better. You know and it, it's so much harder to, to replicate what they did back then because it's just better more people have been able to catch up it's kind of like golf when tagger was winning his golf tournaments all the time the competition wasn't as good as it is now because everybody just basically does the same thing as tagger they all work out they all have nutritionists they all have swing coaches and psychologists and and you go back to when Jack won and then you go back to when like um Ben Hogan won like Ben Hogan the, the quality of the the field wasn't as great he was good and they and granted you probably had a couple other very good golfers, but now you have like dozens that could win every week easily. Where back then maybe you only had five to seven guys that you knew would really win. So like the chances you won each event were, were greater. So I look at that now with like football, the chances you go undefeated, I think are much lower.
1: I would agree. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I
0: think like someone going undefeated now is going to be way more impressive than dolphins in 72 going undefeated who only played, I think what 14 or 16 games total with playoffs and, and, and super bowl right because I think I think the schedule got ended up expanding a few years later Mm -hmm. it'd be kind of like baseball now if baseball was ever to switch to us um less games which I think they've talked about doing so the season's not as long and like 162 games is a lot of games like we went the other day and we saw two games and I'm like and they they played the night before and they're playing the next day and they're playing probably the day after so I mean they're just every day playing baseball which would be great if you're a baseball player but it's like that's just a lot that's a lot of games
1: Yeah, I I don't watch baseball myself. It's I find that how can I keep up with that? How could you get excited about a game when it's it's, if they win it it
0: means so little really until the end. Exactly, you're just kind of like managing and staying in the hunt. So I mean, I get it. Like if you're like dropping, or you kind of want you want streaks. You don't want necessarily like a game. Like if the Yankees win a game and they win a game and they win a game and they lose, like that loss is not that big of a deal because they're still net two up. They still gain two. Like football like you lose a game like people like are emotionally devastated for a week for never yeah. a week but for a couple days like monday tuesday like man our team lost now we got to try to got to win this game this week that's for the beauty of what i like about football is cuz i only have to focus like for 3 hours a week on a game and i really and the giants have been terrible so i don't watch my football watching the last few years has gone downhill because like i'm one of those guys like i only watch the giants play like if i'm at a house like if we go to like someone's house for Thanksgiving, or if I'm at somebody's house and the game's on, like I'll watch the game with everybody. But if I like I'm at home or just do my own thing, I'm not watching a football game unless the Giants are playing. And if the Giants are losing, they have no chance of making the playoffs. I'm out. Are you I, the same, or do you watch Dallas no matter what?
1: I, I probably watch him play throughout the year when it's on, but I definitely the, the other games, especially not having a young son, like I just don't. I don't have the time. Yeah. The weekends, in me are spent with him, so I try to catch the every same. game, yeah. but that's it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even watch. Like we'll put it on. Like We might have it as background noise a mm-hmm. little bit, but very rarely. I think if I went last year, how many games I actually watched all the way through? One, two, maybe. And they're both Giants games, and they're just like, you know, I mean, take away the Super Bowl. Like playoff games, I'd watch a couple things here and there. Like we might pop the playoff game on if it's on. Like, sure. Like I'll put it on, but it's like background noise. I'm doing other stuff. Like I'm doing some work on my laptop and I have it playing on the side, or, you know, we're, we're just, we just have it on. We're playing with, You know, we'll play with crew on the carpet and play with the toys, and we just have the game on. Like we're not Mm -hmm. really like focusing on the game, but um, it's just tough to focus on that. Like, what's your biggest thing? Because obviously, we both have your your son's a little bit older than mine. Um, But what's what's the biggest thing you've had to do from from balancing work to balancing family? Because this is something I've always I don't say I struggle with it. I I, uh, but it's always something that you're trying to work on Mm -hmm. and. I mean, I have my own views and there's certain times that I'm looking at what I'm doing now is going to set up the future. And I know some people are saying like, hey, don't miss out on this or don't miss out on this, on these moments and stuff. But like the way I look at it now is if I don't put as much effort into my, – my thing is if I don't put much effort into my, my work now, I'm going to be at that same level for 20 years doing the same thing. But if I can like really hammer out these early years when they're not in sports, they're not in things that I really want to go see and not miss, that I can set up a future where I'm gonna be I'm gonna have the leverage to be able to do that and not worry about missing like I plan on going to every one of their plays and sporting events and parties sure, and things absolutely. like that. So my big thing now, and I've been I did this did this before having kids. I, that's part of the reason I got into my career was because I knew I was gonna have leverage as a As a future father, being able to have the time to spend with my kids as I got older, because I would I wouldn't have to have a nine to five where I had to punch in, punch out kind of deal. Like I could, if a kid had a a field trip on a Tuesday, I could take it off, no questions asked. But I just know that I won't be able to do that unless I, you know, can build up our company to give me leverage too. If I have to dip out for an afternoon, I can have people help me out, and vice versa. You know, and that's one of the beauties of, you know hopefully having a team of people's I can reciprocate that. But what's your, what have you tried to, or how, what's been your biggest uh, like adaptation as a father from where you were f- five years ago, pre, pre, pre Caleb. Well, I think if you look at like, take the gym that we
1: talked about earlier, mm-hmm. I, I've struggled with that for a while now. Um, you know, I really didn't do any running once Caleb was born. Um, I felt I was falling out of shape and I, I sit a lot for my job. I ride to Vermont, you know, two or three days a week and mm-hmm. back I found that time. I was never up at five in the morning. That, that was insane to even thought of doing that, mm-hmm. but I'm glad I tried it because now I've found that time to make that work for me. And I try to make sure when that day ends at five, I'd rather leave as close to five as I can. If I got to stay late, hey, I'll do that, but if I can leave at five, go home, hang out with my son for a few hours before he goes to bed, and then turn my laptop on. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in a position where I can do that with our career, that I can, I can be on my laptop later and finish that work up. I'd rather do that while he's sleeping. What, what, uh, what time do you go to bed normally? I try to go to bed by 10 and then you're up by five, four. Yeah. The alarm goes off at
0: four 30 and 430. probably hit it a couple of times. And right. Yeah. So I, I'm this, I'm the exact same way. My, my biggest, the hardest part for me. So crew is 16 months now. My hardest part is that I've fallen off a hundred percent is the gym. I used to go consistently five days a week. Easy. Like I was I guaranteed. I was going to go five days a week. I mean, we kind of joke about it now, but if I hit three days a week, that's a really good week for me. Most weeks are anywhere from zero, one or two. And I've completely, from an athletic conditioning standpoint, I've taken a big dip. Part of that is because I've, you know, I'm now time is taken up by other things, which is, you know, kind of a balancing act. But The same thing if I was telling, well, I was telling you the other day with the thing. I said, if you don't see me at 5:30 a.m., I, I'm not going. Like, I'm not going in the evenings. I, I don't want to go in the evenings. Me either. Right? You're yeah. never going to see me there. In no, the because my thing is, I, I would rather skip it to, either do work to set up me up later on mm-hmm. in life, or go home and hang out with Gina and crew. And there's times that, hey, I'm done by five, six o'clock tonight. My last appointment's at five, or I'll be done by 5:30. I'm not going to the gym to hit the 6:30 class. I'm going home. Like so I can I can get an extra 2 hours in with with crew before he goes to bed. Um but I think the 5:30 a.m. which is good, but it's tough for me because like I'm looking at it now, like we're going to get out of here, you know, probably you know, in within the next like 30 40 minute kind of deal. Um I'm going to get home roughly about 9 and I have work to do that I know Me too. I'm not going to – I won't go tomorrow morning. I know it because I, I already know my schedule tomorrow morning. It is just as crazy as today. I've been in my office actually able to do work for about a half hour today. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean I've just been on the roads doing stuff. I've been in probably five, six appointments all day. Like good stuff but it's, it's just I've gotten to the point where my day is – now like I probably have a solid two to three hours of oh – God yeah, a lot of work to do that, that I just know is going to compound throughout the week. But I always have the struggle literally every night. Do I stay up till 11, 12 o'clock finishing up other work? Or do I just go to bed by 10 so I can get up at five so I can go to the gym. And then I feel great doing that, but it's, it's that balancing act. Like tomorrow, my my first meeting is a breakfast meeting at 7am. So like, you know, I don't have time to just come to the office and do stuff in the morning because at 7 a.m. I have one at eight and then it's just, you know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna be doing stuff till about 8.30 tomorrow night. So that's 7 to 8.30, very little time in between to like catch my breath and do stuff. So, um, I mean, what, what how do you balance that? Like what do you balance with obviously getting up early is one, which mm-hmm. you, you've become pretty much a habit. You're I would say you go to the gym four days a week, right? Three to four. It's always at least three, right? But yeah, yeah. I try for four. Yeah, for sure. I think
1: many weeks I do end up four days.
0: Yeah, and then when you and you're pretty good about you, you're home usually by what six o'clock latest most nights 530?
1: Uh, 6.30 is probably a better estimate when I oh because you're coming from Vermont We're coming
0: from Vermont gotcha right. six thirty okay so you and what time's Kale go to bed? Uh, eight thirty. Yeah, so you get two hours with him.
1: Yeah, and then if there's days I'm in Plattsburgh, right? So if a couple, two or three days a week I'm in Plattsburgh, then I'm home earlier. I'm 5.30, yeah. I'm home by or so.
0: Yeah, like I, I would like... I, crew usually goes to bed about 8.30. My, I try to be home by 7 if I can. That way I can get about an hour and a half. Um, some days in the morning, there's some days that like if I stay up late, I'll just be like the next day. I'm like I'm just going to sleep in a little bit later so I can get up with him. Um, mm-hmm. So instead of getting to the office for 7 in the morning, I might get to the office for nine, but I can wake up with him and spend like 20 minutes with them before I leave just because maybe I didn't see him like, like I didn't see him the night before. So like that's, that's always my, my balancing thing. But then on the weekends for the most part, I'm pretty much doing family stuff. Like you won't really see me like I used to golf a lot. I'm not going to most likely ever golf on the weekends. If I do, I'm teeing off at like five 30 in the morning. You know, like it's it's like weird things that I've I've really punted a lot of my other um, hobbies because my hobbies now, like I think as as you are, has switched to family. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a career and family, which I think is just a natural like. Was it? I want to say like, per, um, like the the uh, provider of a family kind of thing, and like and and Suzanne works right, so I mean, you guys are you know both both doing it, but it's it's one where you have the obligation now that you have a wife and a a son that you're trying to provide for because that's what I look at it like he he needs me he needs his mother you know to be able to do everything and of course he looks at us as like and he and I love it at that age they have no care in the world like they're just living life doing their thing but at this end of the day I'm working to make sure that he doesn't have to worry about anything that we're never in a position where it's like when he gets older I'm like we can take him to Disney World and we, he, we can give him those experiences because I busted my tail at this point where I could be like could I kind of think what you are like you could be lazy you can kind of be not much of a go-getter but then all of a sudden like what, what opportunity is that not providing for you know your son in the future which I think that's, I mean, is that something you think about too? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I had a conversation with a
1: coworker this past week and it was about, he made a point of all these years of working and trying to work as hard as I could to make as much money as I could. Somebody told me once, you always got to think about not necessarily what you're going to gain. Stop focusing on that. But what do you lose by doing this? What do you lose by this title is promotion. So you just you keep that in mind when you're, when you're doing something. And I've tried to think about that. Like I Like you said, I keep weekends to the family for mm-hmm. sure. As much as I can, I want that to be time spent with them. You know, vacations, we try to go away and do things, or at least when I'm off, to be spending time with them.
0: Yeah, and that's that's something, I mean, my business, I've, I'm have i working on that in the sense of like on a vacation that I'm I'm on a vacation, which it's tough for me because of just the nature of our business. Oh, but me too, right? We can't leave this phone. I can't just no, let I, it go. and not I talk. know, like people say like, oh, turn it off. I'm like, I literally, if I, well, it's like if I turn it off, I've just, I've been able to create this, this um you know where people have wanted to use me for real estate which is great that's what you ultimately want is to have a steady stream of of business but at the same time as soon as i shut that down i will always look at it am i providing am i providing a good service am i providing my highest level of am i am i being the best i can be which i can't be at certain points you know and i think Mm -hmm. that the the family aspect of it though is I try, I really try hard when I'm with family like if I go out to restaurants with my family like very rarely will you see me turn my phone on or have, I say turn it on but like have my phone on when I'm meeting like there's times me and Gina will go out to dinner I'll leave my phone in the car like I just I don't need it for the hour two hour and 15 minutes that we're hanging out with people um family events a lot of times my phone will just sit in you know, we'll sit in my jacket for three hours while we're at a family dinner, like because I don't, I don't need my phone. Like so, there's certain aspects like that that I try to, to balance. Um, but my thing is like Monday through Friday, I'm, I'm on like 110 percent. Like I'm up morning, night. I had nine text messages before 8:30 this morning from nine different people. Like, mm-hmm. and that's just the way it is. Like I've gotten to the point where I'm getting stuff morning tonight. I'll probably shut my phone off tonight around. 11 30 and I guarantee you somebody's texting me by by 11 o'clock tonight for something I mean I'll have a message come in about something now do I have to respond to it at that time no but I'm up I'm like in the mode of doing it and I'm going to it's just the way I'm wired but um I mean have you have you had any struggles with that because I always feel guilty if I have my if I'm with crew and I'm like responding to a message and sometimes it's like like sometimes I'll look at it and I'll just put it down on the weekends. I'm like, I'll get to it in three, four. And the next thing I know, like four or five hours have passed. And then I'm responding to it. Um, there's sometimes that it's kind of time sensitive and I'm like, I'm feeling bad that I'm taking time to text, but I really try to just like leave it on the table and go in the living room and play with him, you know? And,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and he, okay, he's taking a nap. Now I'll check my phone while he's taking a nap because that's my, my time. But like you said, I, I don't watch a lot of movies. I don't watch a lot of TV because I would say 29 of the 30 days a month. If he's going to bed at 8.30, I'm on my computer and I'm just finishing up work and I'm working those evening hours where I'm not just sitting down to like pop on Game of Thrones and watch Game of Thrones. Like I just, I like Game of Thrones. I'm trying to catch up, but I've been trying to catch up for two years. Like it's not going to, you know, it's just not something that I naturally gravitate towards. So like for you at night when you're working, are you same thing like he goes to bed then you kind of like that's my late night work hours sure absolutely and a lot of times yeah the tv just on
1: in the background in that mm-hmm. case uh you know prime time viewing i, I often will am i am talking to local business prime time viewing doesn't even come up with something i'm going to offer to them you, you don't need that save that for you know for dealers or somebody trying to just i'm buying every single newscast you have anyways i want
0: even more exposure yeah i want to get into the voice for example yeah um so what what has been? Let me see. I mean, anything else like that you can think of from like a like a perspective? Because you're, you're like I said, you're just a few years ahead of me. So I kind of like because to me this is new. I have my my second child to be born in any day now. I mean, really, mm-hmm. I mean next three weeks. But I mean, it could happen anytime. time. Um, so I'm always trying to like that's gonna be a whole new set of challenge, you know. So now it's not just Gina with with crew. It's Gina with the baby, and now crew. I'll be with him, so I got. I'm always factoring that in too, as to like how that's gonna play out in my day to day world of of just everything. So I mean, I'm always. I know we'll adapt to it, you know, we'll change. But I mean, is there like what else have you you guys had to do? Like, obviously different with like babysitters and and talking about you Mm -hmm. know just going out and doing stuff. Like, it's it's not as easy to go out on you know and hang out with or go on a date with your spouse because you have and, and part of the time you don't want to go out you want to just hang out with you know hang out with a little dude at home and just like roll around on the carpet and just like you know make farm animal noises with him because that's more fun than going out to a party or going out you know and stuff like that so i mean have you found that you've you guys are kind of in that mode too where yeah, some days so like we, staying in is is more fun than going out
1: sure and we definitely try to i'd say about once a month or so he'll go to either my parents or suzanne's parents for the night you know I think it's a good time because he can get there at, let's say, 5 o'clock or something like Mm -hmm. that. We drop him off. He's got a few hours of them until he goes, you're losing like three hours. And a few hours until he goes to bed, he gets to hang out with his grandparents. Mm -hmm. It's a great time. They watch him TV. He probably stays up a little later than he should. But that's awesome. He's got that time. Yep. Then he wakes up in the morning with them a little bit, and we get him by noon at the latest the next day. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a nice balance we've tried to fit in once in a while. Yeah. But more than that, yeah, he's with us. I try to do things with him. I have to run to
0: the store. I bring Caleb with me. He mm-hmm. loves to go to the store with me. Anything I do, he wants to do with me. Yeah. And I think that's part of the fun. Like even um, the other day, I was on Saturday. I spent most of the afternoon before I saw you assembling dress a dresser for the new baby. So, of course... I have everything laid out and like I'm one like I am the pieces are here this stuff's laid out because as soon as stuff gets all disorganized like in my head it just looks disorganized and I feel that I'm missing something or doing it wrong so so I'm like hey just keep the Gina keep the dog and keep crew out of this well of course crew keeps walking in and he's he's looking and he wants to see what's going on so he comes over and Gina's holding him so I have all these screws basically on top of this dresser and I'm just you know I'm basically screwing them all in so Gina would grab one and give it to him, and I'd reach my hand up, and he would put it in my hand. And the next thing you know, he wants the next one because he's like – But you're, I'm getting him interactive in what we're doing, so he's not like – I don't want to say, like, don't come help me. I mean, obviously, he's not going to do any – he's not going to help me, but he likes handing me the pieces because that's – we're making him um, part of what we're doing. So, Oh, yeah, so important. Yeah, and hopefully, like, when the new baby comes, it's like, hey, can you grab Can you grab a diaper for, for mom? And, you know, he'll walk over, grab the diaper. So it's, we're trying to get him involved in – you know, different things. Like every night, brush our teeth. He puts his toothbrush, I put, hold the thing up, takes his toothbrush, puts it in. He shuts the light off. We go to bed or we come in. I have him hit the garage door or close, to close the garage door. So little things like that, that we're trying to get him to do. So he feels like he's, you know, he he's, part of what we're doing like he's helping out because i think that's important i mean mm-hmm. again he's younger I mean, caleb's four so i mean he's a full functioning little kid you know he's sure he loves to just put cheese on a pizza with me and i have but he's, he's having look- a conversation with you yeah like, absolutely so like that's the, that's the part that i can't wait for because crew babbles but then there's times he'll sit there and he's telling a story and all of a sudden like you'll look at him and he's giggling and he's laughing i don't know clue what he's saying but he's just cracking himself up and he's putting his head down and he's He's, you know, shaking his head and giggling Mm -hmm. and big grin on his face. So it's going to be so much fun. Like, I don't know when kids really start actually having a conversation, probably like close to three. Yeah, that sounds about right. Mm -hmm. Two and a half, three, where they can really understand, or they can understand what we're saying and we can understand what they're saying. Mm -hmm. I can't wait for that time. It'd be so cool to like have him just like go for a walk with me and start telling me about stuff. And like, he's in the car and we're driving, he's telling me a story and I can talk to him like a, an adult and he's carrying on a conversation like to me that's gonna be so much fun i mean what's your favorite part about like him being a four-year-old i do love the conversation we can have together for sure and the things he remembers
1: is impressive to this day anytime i drive by uh the the tower right next to our uh uh next to the gym i can't think of the name of that tower that's right there with the retirement community oh yeah yeah okay but he sees that from the interstate and i've pointed out to him one time that that's where daddy goes to work out in the morning is near there yep so every time he sees it, he points it out,
0: references it. He's remembering things. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's cool. I mean, I think at that age, they're sponges. And I think part of it is they don't have – there's no stress. There's no worry. Like the kids are just like – like it's 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 amazing when you look at a kid at that age. Like I think about like right now in my head, inside my head is going about a thousand different directions. It's what I need to do. What haven't I done? What do I have to, going on tomorrow? What am I forgetting? Like anything that a typical adult would think of. Sure. You strip all that away and then you have a, 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 just an innocent child that's just like he's remembering like those things because his brain is so much more clear than ours is because he can he can absorb all that stuff and he has got space for it where I find that we push that stuff out because we're worrying about, you know, did I, did I did I remember to put the clothes in the dryer? Like these little like things throughout the day where he's just like, hey, it's great. All of a sudden he's at home and like you want to eat? He's like, yeah, sure, I'll eat today. And like mm-hmm. he's got food made and he's like, I'm just going to go play. Like – it's kind of a, like a cool thing to watch them just exist in their own little like fun little world where they're not um i don't know like they're not going and they're not worried there's no worries like crew like picks a ball up and he throws it and then he goes over and grabs it again and throws it and then he grabs the blocks and then he does this and he grabs a magnet and he's like but his whole day-to-day is just him doing whatever and and i i can't wait till he gets older you know like i said if caleb and he's now able to talk to you but he's talking to you about kind of interesting fun things because that's where his brain's at and that's where he's thinking and, and like he's talking about dinosaurs because dinosaurs like for every little kid is like a big part yes, of yes he loves that right yeah we're
1: talking about the crazy things on paw patrol to happen he's laughing i'm having a good time too right yeah the crazy chicoletta
0: yeah like i i don't know any of those things but you'll mean, get but there I'm, though that'll I'm, make exactly. sense exactly and I'm, I'm sure there's people listening to this they're or they're like, i know my what God, you're I, talking about like, right i know paw patrol and i know uh i i, I mean there's what's the tagger the tagger tagger is a big thing it's like a tagger t- uh he's got a name something in the tagger he was just at like uh he was just at like something the other day daniel daniel, daniel the, the tiger, tiger. okay yeah. the mountain lake pbs show right yes, yeah okay mm-hmm. so that's like a big thing and like I, I don't know any of this stuff so i'm like oh you'll, you'll get there right yeah here? No, know i'm like you want to watch like rugrats or or uh you know any of these other you know classics but um it's it's fun when you start like i think that would be kind of cool Because then you kind of have something in common, but like some of the stuff crew does, like I just get a kick out of it and I have more fun rolling around on the ground, like talking about nothing, meaning like he's just barn animals or pointing stuff out. We have a, he likes saying the letter O and he makes this funny face and he goes, oh, like any, and it's, it just cracks us up. But he's like, we got this alphabet book. So I'll start off and the first page has the entire alphabet on it. then the first one goes A for ant. So then I flip it and it's B for bird. Well, as soon as I flip it to B, he flips it back and goes, oh, because O was on that page. The other day, he did it for like five minutes straight, and it, I was in tears by the end of it, and Gino was dying because it was right before he went to bed, and he mm-hmm. was just, he kept giggling, and he would just, and he, he almost couldn't even say it because he was laughing so much, and he keeps flipping it around, and I go to the next page, and he'd turn it back and keep saying "Oh," which for anybody, that's like not a big deal, but like we had something, like that was the most fun the whole day was him just giggling and saying "Oh," which... But he was cracking up and it's so much fun to see these kids like they just like the small little fun little things they do that mean nothing to like I mean in the grand scheme but it's just so funny to watch them just like get immersed in that little whatever it is that little entertainment that they have for themselves. So we grabbing a magnet that of the monkey and making the monkey sound and he just dies laughing at the monkey sound because he likes making it and we're laughing and he's mm-hmm. he's got an audience now and he's trying to play it all up and. Um, kids are smart They're... he loves books
1: that he just love, and especially me saying something silly about the book and it gets exhausting to think of different things to say but one of his books talks about who's this flying the plane blah 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 and i always say it's and it's one of his friends or yeah. it's
0: yeah i mean you make like
1: at a paw patrol that's pikachu flying a plane and he dies it's but oh no, that's not pikachu
0: <laughs> yeah and then you start playing like uh you start doing the voices of the books yeah, and the characters right. and like yep. you make these funny noises and he again likes animals so like we'll flip a book and have a horse and they'll go nay because he knows the sound of the oh, horse yeah, but he like mm-hmm. points at it and he knows but it's funny because he's now or like uh, teddy he knows what t- teddy's his teddy bear so throw the book there'll be a little teddy bear in the bed where's teddy and he'll point at the little bear in the bed and that's teddy so it's kind of cool when they start picking up on those um but yeah i mean it, it's uh no it's it's fun out can at four can the can caleb read or no some words or not? Like when Some do kids?
1: Start? He might even point the word know Out he would know what that is. You know, yeah, probably.
0: I wasn't sure. Like when? Because I don't remember at that age. Like he's when,
1: getting used to his letters. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I, I like I knew like when kids really start actually recognizing and read. Maybe kindergarten. I don't know. Fourth, four or five, four, five I would six say years around old. Kindergarten, right? That kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, this is things I just learn as I go. I'm going to be a little more prepared, I think, for the second child because I actually have a little bit of a, you know, I, I kind of know this. Uh, mm-hmm. The steps to where, where a crew's at now, at sixteen months. But, uh, well, I don't know. We'll see. It's probably gonna be totally different. Everybody said the second kid is makes you earn your 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 stripes as a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, so Paul, what, what's your favorite thing? Uh, we talked earlier about going to the gym, but you go to the gym now three to four days a week, which you told me you mm-hmm. never went to the gym before. And what 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 is your favorite part? First off, why do you go or why did you go to CrossFit over anything else that you could do? I don't know what actually
1: made me think of it, but I kind of just I, I've tried various gyms throughout my life and nothing's really stuck to me. I'd kind of go there and push some weights around for a little bit and say, OK, I'm done with this. And, you know, it'd be too easy to just skip a day or two and say, you know, I'm no, I don't do this anymore. Uh, I guess CrossFit maybe hearing about it, it's a, a, a schedule, a planned workout every day. That was intriguing to me um you know knowing crisscross i was like you know what what's this all about chris am i way too out of shape to do this He's like no hell no come on by and check it out mm-hmm. stop by and just see what it's like someday mm-hmm. and i did and i was in a lot of pain um and I, I don't know how much longer i can do this if i can keep up with this rigorous pace but i thought paul you got to give this till labor day that's kind of the day i set for myself when did you start uh the middle of june last year
0: I oh just, so you're almost one year yeah it's almost so you one did year you now. did basically three months Said so i'm gonna do it for three months I
1: said three months, right. Do yeah, it, for, for, it for three, stick with this for three months. If good. you hate every second of it, do that. Yep. Now it's become to the point where I look forward to it every morning. It's crazy as that sounds. I, yeah. I wake up sometimes before that alarm clock goes off. I feel I have more energy throughout the day because I'm working out. Do
0: you eat better when you work out? Yeah, I think so, right. Because I don't. If I don't work out, I, I eat poor. I, I just don't eat. I don't get hungry as much. Meaning it's not a good thing. I should be eating more. So I
1: think it definitely at first I was all over the place. You and I talked once about what I should be eating. I yeah. was like, "Oh, I'm eating too little, probably for a little while," and then I was really struggling at the gym because of that. But you
0: have better appetite. You probably sleep better if you work out. Oh yeah, you probably, absolutely. More energy. My, mm-hmm. That's like I said. I I find that I'm more. I I get a little more run down and sick if I don't work out. Meaning, like, I mm-hmm. just because I'm a little more lazy and I don't think I'm, I'm functioning as well. But when you okay, so you go in the morning. Um, so you're okay. So keep going about how you got in so you you tried obviously you tried it but Mm -hmm. so the main thing that interests you was one you knew somebody and two, that the class was pretty much already scheduled as to what you were going to do that day.
1: Right. I felt that's what I mean. that was important to me. Then not just show up at like a, no offensive plan of fitness that works for people. I think that's mm-hmm. great. I'm not that type of person going to show up and motivate myself when it comes to working out. Or
0: show up and then
1: make know, some, know what you want to do. Yeah, correct. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, when you were doing some of these crazy workouts that are put together, there's no way I would have held a barbell over my head and walked, you know, 800 meters, whatever we did that day mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. That. I'm never going to be lying in a pool of sweat at Planet Fitness after my workout.
0: Yeah, I, I think... So my, my biggest thing, and I know people have said... A couple things you brought up. Number one was the fact that you said, am I too out of shape for CrossFit? I've I've been doing CrossFit now... Now, granted, I've been very bad this past year. But I've been doing CrossFit since 2011-12. And so a solid eight to nine years. I've been able to improve and get better and and over time. But like when I, I tell people like I go to the gym now, like you show up and like we're doing stuff that we're doing now, I'm like, I couldn't do a pull up in two thousand 9 10 when i started to kind of first work out i couldn't do one but i still like, can't either And they know at yeah.
1: that 5 30 class is the day i do that first pull-up we're popping we'll pop a bottle bottles. of champagne that is yeah. a
0: fact but you got one you got one stations you got i go. when
1: i'm close to it i'm gonna have one on hand right i'm um, ready to go i can't wait to, to down that with you at a uh, at 6 a.m in the at morning 6 a.m right i'll um, gladly clean those mats afterwards
0: the, the uh, sorry but, john but that's spraying a little bit yeah but the, but it's uh actually we got, we got some wine up there and wine over there That's right. uh, that was another podcast but um but you know, I think that's part of it is like when people are always like, should I go? I get why people don't. One is they they get intimidated knowing that I don't know. I'm not in shape, which I get it. If you're not in shape and it's uncomfortable, it's tough to go. It's tough to get over that hump and say I'm going to put myself in a vulnerable position where everybody around me is going to know what they're doing and I'm going to be the only one not knowing what they're doing. I'm going to make a fool of myself because I can't do a pull-up or do a push-up or I, I got to stop when we're running. But like as you probably have noticed nobody there cares for one like nobody cares if paul showed up to be honest the day you probably showed up you were probably like the celebrity that day because everybody's like oh new guy great like mm-hmm. awesome like hey good job you, you killed it like everybody's going to probably tell you hey you did a good job where something you do is more impressive than somebody that's been going for 5 6 years and just like oh that's just chris had another day at the gym like you know it, it i think what happens is people are very open there the judgment level at uh, at least our gym is at a very 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 minimum. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't or minimal. I, I don't I don't think I've ever judged anybody ever going in there. Good, bad, or we've seen guys that go in that have come from another background that look like they're really good. They have a weakness that's it's going to expose you. We've had people that have had absolutely no experience and come in, and a year or two later, you're like, holy crap! Like I think you just walked in, and, and Aaron had just said, like, wow, you look great, you know, and you might not notice it. I might not notice it as much because we see each other often every day at the gym, but like somebody that hasn't seen you in a few months would be like, holy crap, you look really good. It's always fun to see your year progression. Like if you have a photo from June of, 2018 mm-hmm. and then you see a june of 2019 photo i and, think that's important anybody trying to start that you yeah, take before pictures take pictures every quarter you, or got you might even have one like on, on your facebook or something sure like june and like it's funny to take that photo and all of a sudden like a photo later and you're like holy crap that was you back then like we don't see it because we see you so often that like you little changes every day doesn't make as big of a jump to uh, in our eyes versus like say you go to like a family reunion a year later a year later and like holy crap Paul, you look great and you're like oh thanks because you now, you obviously see your body change, you know, you feel better, you feel stronger, you see the internal benefits. Um, but I think, like you said, the the fact of just going, you don't, you can be at any level and go. You don't have to be in shape to go. Like, you don't have to get, in, you know, the thing that always kills me, and I'm not going to judge someone for it, they can do whatever they want, but like, I always get kind of disappointed when someone tells me, I got to get fit to go to CrossFit, and I'm like that's going to take you so much longer than just going. And I thought that myself too. Yeah. I thought it and was I slowing you people would. down by going there
1: to just, even today there was, we had this four of us had to share a squat rack and I felt I was slowing down people who lift heavier they just pull a bunch of weight off for me and put it back on but no i mean no, we, they welcome that with
0: it no come yeah, on like, you're part I've, of this team too. like i've we, we've done squats before like mm-hmm. and you're a year in and i'm seven eight years in and we're with somebody else who can squat more and it's like nobody cares like that's everybody's right. everybody's there for the aspect of we're all doing like my thing is we're all going we're all going the same we're doing a workout that's relatively hard for all of us meaning like you're not going to be sitting there doing bar muscle ups me doing bar muscle ups is going to be challenging. You might be doing banded pull ups, and that's the challenge. But at the end of the day, we're always do, we're doing something that's relative to us difficult. You got it exactly. And that's that's the that's the thing of it. Nobody cares if you scale. Nobody cares that Paul doesn't have a pull up yet. I didn't have a pull up at one point in time, and that was. I mean, I would love. I honestly would love to have seen the people now at the gym see me on my first day, just as newbie, no clue. You should see when I first tried to learn how to do cleans. I didn't understand the movement. Like I was doing like these like weird reverse curl thinking they were like a shoulder exercise not realizing what they actually were. I had nobody that really showed me this was way back then. Um, but I think the biggest one that you talked about is the accountability. Meaning if you don't show up to the gym people are always like where's Paul? Yeah, Why's we did Paul- a text message from Chris Cross when I am at that like, gym, right? It, it's- yeah, like why, why aren't you here? What's going on? You, you sick? You, get, you you like you get out of town? You traveling? you get an accident? Mm-hmm. Like it's so funny that you just expect – now, I don't think I'm really um, – there's some 530 people that are there every 530 class. There's probably a good six of them that are probably oh, there yeah. every every mm-hmm. class. I would be probably in the other six that are like wild cards, meaning like they could come. They might not come. Um, I put like me, Milky, in that situation. You might get a few others that are like hit or miss. They might come once or twice a week, um, but they're not there four, four days a week for all four 530 classes. But you have some of those. But the accountability is there. Of like, and I, I sometimes I'm like that. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go because I know Paul's gonna be there. I know Milky's gonna be there. I know Chris and Amy and Kirsten and Kate and Crystal. They're all gonna Anita. They're all gonna be there. Like, and we always have a damn good time, don't we? It's <laughs> one of the. It's a fun class, and it is a fun class. It's early, but like, it's just a good group of people. Everybody doesn't. Nobody takes themselves serious. Everybody just has a good time. We all joke around, make fun of each other. We but it's but then everybody's good we go do our day we see each other the next morning and Mm -hmm. it's like hey like cool like we're here we're getting better early when most people are still sleeping we're up worked out showered on our day by seven o'clock you know and and i think that's one of the the coolest things and we talked about from a from a perspective of like crew's still sleeping at that time so i'm not missing anything with him you you got it and late nights, I work because I'm not missing anything of him because he's sleeping. Like, mm-hmm. so he's napping. I'm doing stuff like, so I'm always trying to hack my way around his schedule the best I can to maximize my time with him, oh, which, yeah. which is totally different. A year and a half ago, that was not, ha- I mean, I didn't have to go to 530. I would never go to 530. I would be going to 536 PM because I, what else was there to go do? Um, you No, know, I was just going to go home and eat and go to bed, you know, and now it's like, I think that you're really trying to maximize the time where I used to always like, I want eight hours of sleep. Now I'm like, I've gotten to the function off of six and a half, seven. as like a norm. Or if I can sleep like one day on the weekend, maybe eight, eight and a half hours is good. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe a Friday where I can sleep in till like when crew wakes up or, or uh, Saturday or fr- Saturday morning, Sunday morning, where I could maybe sleep until eight. I might just to catch up on some sleep. But most of the days, I mean, I'm, i'm still up fairly early even if i don't go to the gym because it's like to me getting a little jump start on before he wakes up is good
1: yeah that doesn't really happen as much on the weekends for me because usually i'm up when he wakes up it's 6 37 something like that i try to sleep in a little more well often when we go downstairs we will turn the tv on for a little
0: while yeah and you can kind of hang out on the couch and just kind of get a cup of coffee and just kind of chill with him Mm -hmm. that's what i like too like in the morning sometimes i'll get him out of bed so gina can lay down a little bit longer I'll hang out with him for like twenty minutes, and we'll sometimes he does. He's very like move. He doesn't like sit around a lot, but every once in a while I'll catch him where I can like put on like today's show at like seven, and I'll like just sit down on the couch, and he'll just like late. He'll sit down next to me and just kind of lean back in my arms, and he'll be playing with his ball or whatever, and we just have the TV on, and we're just kind of like hanging out on the couch together. Mm-hmm. And like I love those moments. Like if I could, if I could do like every mo- every morning like that, it'd be great. You know, if I could, if I get some of those chances to do it, but he's also some days you know he sleeps in the 8 8 30 or you know he's up and just you know he wants to just walk around and play with his stuff at seven o'clock in the morning he doesn't want to sit down on the couch with dad but um so it's it's kind of like you try we try to pick and choose those and try to get the best we can off those but uh yeah now um what time is it because it's getting late i'm gonna get you i want to get you home so you can get to the gym in the morning was it 8 30 what time a it was now? That. yeah a little last 8 30 we'll go a few more minutes right. um the uh now switch away from from kids from working out um i didn't realize this actually at all um couple two things two things i want to touch on before we leave home improvement mm-hmm. i did not ever think of you as a home improvement guy but you you are that's my passion for sure yep. and when you say passion are you talking big remodels you talking just little minor household things here and there like what 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 is your home improvement like what's your level of home improvement are you like adding an addition on your house or are you just are you remodeling bathrooms or are you just replacing light fixtures or like what's your so in addition to me that would be tough
1: because i don't i've never worked a piece of heavy machinery to dig a hole and set a foundation okay. so that would be a little overwhelming but like my house we have basically gutted every room redone some things yeah i grew up in the plumbing electrically heating business right so that's yep. what i love is that part So you of know that. all that stuff. You know yes. That. Mm-hmm. So you could rewire your house, add new plumbing. Correct. Yeah, that's all no problem. Wow, okay. I didn't know that. It's the finish stuff sometimes, of like taping and mudding sheetrock. That's where if I can do it, but it takes me a while. It's not perfect. I'd rather pay somebody to do that step. And that's gotcha. one of the things. Hey, I'd rather save the money in the electrical and the plumbing and pay someone to do the taping.
0: So you learned it as a kid?
1: Yeah, I grew up around it. And then at the Curtis Lumber and Gregory Supply, more. I've always loved how a house is built. I was fascinated as a child watching a home get stick built, and just the smell of the sawdust. Like that was me. I loved that. Did you ever
0: work at, with a construction crew at all? It was always for the heating side of it. So we'd yeah. be
1: a new home would be going up, and we'd be installing the plumbing, the heating, things like that in the house.
0: I, I uh, one of my biggest regrets, if if I could go back to seventh grade, I would do. We did it. I, uh, say go back to the ninth grade. I did tech and industrial mm-hmm. arts, seventh and eighth. I wish that I would have 8th or ninth, 10th grade took like the other tech classes like took more more technology building whatever classes. Sure. And then I wish I would have went to CV Tech as a junior and senior and did some type of trade just to have it like do an electrical trade or do carpentry or do something where I just had the background knowledge of it. Mm-hmm. Of course I didn't know any of this as a child like I just my my dad was never my mom's side, there's a lot of very handy people. My dad's side, not so much. We just never did it in my household. Like I was just never taught any of that stuff. I didn't hang around with cousins or uncles in that scenario where I would learn it. But I would have wished I went for probably electrical plumbing or, or carpentry. And then I would have wished, I, then I wish I would have taken a job probably in my high school years into college doing some type of Vocational trade type thing, like learning how to help someone with plumbing, help someone with, you know, framing out a house. Not that like it wouldn't have, it would have been a lot more work than what I did. Like I had a very cushy, like easy gig, which was great. But at the end of the day, I think I, I lost a lot of um, skills that I could have learned at a time in my life where I had time to learn them, where now it's a little it's more difficult. Now I got to really look at it as like a, a hobby or something I have to really try to force myself to learn in the limited time that I have, which would be like weekends. Um, but that's what I would have done is try to learn that stuff up until, and now it would have been great in my profession. I mean, imagine like I would, I like, I would love to buy cause I have, you know, I have the knowledge and the access to get some of these homes, like buy and, and, and fix them up and, and flip them. Now granted I I have the time wise, probably time's a problem though. Everything slowed
1: right down to almost a stop now that Caleb's born. Yeah.
0: I mean, it would still be nice that I could have the knowledge. Now I'm I'm getting much better at watching like YouTube videos and figuring out how to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And like my first course of action, if something goes wrong is not to call somebody. It's okay. Let me just figure out, see if I can figure it out. And I've been good at some of the stuff, but um, I would love to, Hey, I want to remodel my whole bathroom and just from scratch do it. Now I probably could, it's against the time factors, the having the tools it's having like the knowledge of certain things that I probably don't have. Or don't want to take, or don't have the time to learn how to do. But, um, so what What are you, like, what are you doing, like, home improvement-wise? Like, what, what have been a couple recent projects?
1: Uh, we're finishing a basement off right now. Which you know, entails, Which new, what does that entail for you? It's all new drop ceiling, all new uh, electrical is completely stripped out and redone, because I kind of redid the layout a little bit. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you framed it out different, too?
1: A little bit of framing differently, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, Suzanne, same thing? She be into it?
1: No, absolutely not. We'd kill each other if we did that Okay, together. so it so was, she's kind of hangs out with Caleb. You go do that on the
0: weekends? Yeah, absolutely. Right, she'll go in the town, do some errands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the one thing I like about it, it forces you to think, but it's kind of mindless work in the sense of meaning like I don't have to sit there and be on my phone talking. I like just being able to like listen to music, listen to a podcast, and just, just go to work and so do it. So my
1: email doesn't ding me whenever I get a new email. I've purposely set that. All day long, I never get a ding I'm, for I'm an email. I'm the same. Mine doesn't ding for email. I have to check, consciously go
0: to check the thing.
1: So, same, yeah, when same, I have Pandora same. or something going on the weekend, working that project, I don't know there's emails there until I, you know, maybe what, once an hour. So you stop to look what's going on. What
0: about texts and phone calls? Those go through?
1: A phone call would, yeah. Even texts, though, I, I don't notice a ding on that. Oh, it really?
0: Doesn't. I probably should do that, like text, turn that off. Because I get, like I said, I've probably texted 30 people today, 40 people. Different about different mm-hmm. things throughout right. the day. So like, I text a lot, and um, but for going back to like the the woodworking stuff or the the home improvement stuff, like, I mean, are you is, is that a good time for you just to kind of let your mind just be at ease? Because like yes. to me, my mind's always running. Like yard work or even just organizing stuff like in the house, going through stuff allows me just to. I love weekends when I have nothing going on and I can spend the afternoon just doing stuff around the house. Cause I can just put music on or put a podcast on, listen to it on headphones and not, not stress about anything. I just like, I allow myself to like take some hours off.
1: I love to do that. I love to, I've always loved architecture texture and I've always some, I've got a sketchbook at home with, where I'm just designing different things. Maybe it's a bench I want to build someday in the entryway or a house or a, a yeah. camp that I'm probably never going to build, but I've got all sorts of plans for a small camp, big
0: camp. Yeah. It's kind of cool though. Let your mind wander and be creative and yes. have an outlet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've I've gotten into. I I my new house has a wood, uh, whole wood shop downstairs, and I'm slowly like trying to pick up some tools. And I know some people that know what they're doing, so it's gonna be a mixture of, you know, come over and have some beer with me, and we'll just end in that.
1: Let's have a woodworkers club. That's would you come do that? Yes, I've been wanting to do that. Woodworking, woodworking,
0: really? Bill, yeah, building small pieces um, of furniture. Just because there's a few like I don't know what I'm doing, but like I got to learn. Like I had a, uh, you know, obviously Adam um, mm-hmm. and. He came over when I was trying to redo the shed at my old my old um, house. I didn't know what I was doing. Like he was literally like by T one eleven. I didn't know what T one eleven was. Like I didn't know what certain things were. Like I knew the dimensions of boards and stuff. But he would like was he went to the thing and he's like, do you get this 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 and this. So I went to Curtis Lumber and got all the stuff and brought it back. And then I but it was kind of cool. Like I was learning. Now he's not. He never. I mean, he just has picked up on stuff throughout the years, but. I was using tools that I've never used before, but it's cool. So now I have like a general knowledge of certain things and mm-hmm. things to look for and things to practice on and th- and, and stuff to look look at. And obviously in my, my line of work too, it's come in handy because I can look at certain things and be like, okay, that doesn't look like I can, I understand the concept. Now I'm not going to go reconstruct it, but I can at least have a general knowledge of certain, like you know, like I said, building and architecture and things. I mean, I'm in houses all day long, so it's kind of cool that I'm always kind of looking at how things are working because I mean, when people are walking around the house, I mean, there's a lot of dead time, you know, when I'm just kind of hanging out. So I do study a lot. I look at plumbing and I look at heating and I look at different structures and maybe in the garage of how, how the, you know, how the, the, you know, the framing is done in, in certain things. I know that's like very low level stuff, but like for me, that allows me to kind of have more of a knowledge of it. So but when that's I, the best way. When I learned about roofing,
1: somebody stopped me once, stressing over how to apply the different pieces of flashing and shingles. And like, yeah, somebody what, told me once, Paul, to pretend you're a raindrop. What would a raindrop do as it fall? What path would it take? Yeah. And when you right. really simplify it like that, like, okay, now that makes sense. I want that flashing to go under here,
0: and then I want to layer it with. Yeah, like we did that. We did a tin roof. I've never put a tin roof on, and now I have some knowledge of how a tin roof is supposed to be put on. Like, sure. And it's cool, like taking a little bit of those aspects of it. Now I don't know if I'm ever gonna have to do something crazy like that but it, i would like the the general knowledge to, to redo a bathroom if i wanted to mm-hmm. like not not saying like i mean time wise probably not but i'm just saying if i wanted to and, and could take everything out and just put everything back like you would see as a finished product i would like to be able to do that from step a to step z you know and get them all done um oh, it's like people who restore cars i have n- i know nothing about restoring cars that would be cool an uncle did it you
1: know i saw it a little bit years ago growing up but i, I couldn't do that on my own. i can do that though with a home improvement project it'll take a, something a terrible layout just really dated and wow look how different it is now
0: so how, how do you go about doing it? Is it just general knowledge do you i mean do you use youtube to watch videos and how to do stuff do you just surely i'd never hung ceramic tile before i did a, a shower
1: in a tub with it
0: and you just watch videos and just said okay that makes sense and just kind of went and did it.
1: Yeah, And there's things that aren't perfect. There's things that I go, "Oh gosh, I don't love how that looked." That that's one of the risks I guess you might take, but
0: Yeah. I think it's cool though. But then you also have more um more ownership of it when it's done, meaning like you have a better feeling about it. You're oh, like, yeah. "Hey, I I was the one that put that in. I installed it. Mm-hmm. I that was done by me and it came out really cool." And I think you more ownership like when I did the the back uh the back shed, like we never ended up completing it cuz that's the way life works and we ended up having the literally we, we were planning on finishing it, and we sold and bought and all that crap so but it was kind of cool that i could like take ownership in like how it looks and i had a more critical eye of it because i knew what we were trying to do and what we were planning out and um that's just the stuff that i wish i would have done more and i think i think will be fun because i would as i get older i think i'll have more time like i said with crew or with you know build a play set you build a playset, yeah. design it out on your own. How- that, that would be, to me, that'd be, like, I'm, I'm looking at right now about how, how to do, I want to build a table, like, mm-hmm. a, a nice, like, office table. Um, Aaron had one upstairs, and I, like, really liked it, and he goes, yeah, we, Chris built it. I'm like, okay, like, a very simple, basic table, but it just looked really cool, and it's long and functional. That's what I want, like nothing fancy, just long and functional. You can go to like, Pinterest, find it, there's probably a million ideas. Exactly, and then, then I looked at I want to do a bookshelf, and then I want to do shelving for the kids, and I want to do little things that we can put in the house that I can say, not, nothing elaborate, but I can put it in and say, hey, I built all the shelving, or I built this cool shelf." I saw a really cool shelving unit the other day that I want to build, and it, I mean, very simple, but it's like little projects that I can do with that, and just so I can go from start to finish, kind of like I'm back in seventh grade tech class, mm-hmm. and then I can be like, hey, I hung it up, and had." You know I, I routed it and sanded it and, and stained it and did all this thing and now it looks cool and it's part of our house and it's a shelf and somebody won't even notice it they'll like walk by it but to me that looks cool because I'm like oh I remember spending the hours trying to build that thing that's right so I think there's I think there's a lot of uh, especially in a world today where we're so attached to these things it's so cool to kind of simplify it down and go back to things that have been around for hundreds and thousands of years just you know manual like building stuff by hand yes and you can be tired after and a little bit sore and it's like but yeah there's yeah. a finished product to look at that's nice it's, like like yard work's the same thing i i'm not sure. a big like i don't get psyched up to go do yard work but like at the end of the day when you finish it and you can like put everything away and you're like oh that was kind of cool like i did whatever whatever the task was that day i completed it and mm-hmm. there's always a feeling of satisfaction more so i mean i get satisfaction in my job a lot but there's times like me sending out emails doesn't give me satisfaction, you know? Me closing a closing a sale for somebody or going to the closing table and seeing how happy they are is, like, super, like, cloud nine satisfaction. But you don't get, like, me sending emails and doing all those little things. I, I don't get as much satisfaction if I was to see, like, the whole process of building a table or building, uh like, whatever, building a playset for the kids. Like, if I could build a playset for the kids, that'd be so much fun. And that'd be a good project, actually. Oh, and one of my favorite pictures. That?
1: Yeah, one of my favorite pictures, of me and Caleb, is him sitting on this the platform I built, you know, and then I'm putting a roof over it yep. for the slides. He's handing me the hammer. I'd ask him for the hammer and he's handing it to me. And my wife grabs a pick. And I love that. And there's a picture I have of me and my dad building a cabinet.
0: We both have tool pouches on. Yep. I'm gonna get the two of them framed next to each other. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I think I think that'll be fun because I think because that's the good thing about a play set outside. I mean, it's very it's a very rustic look, and it's not very hard. It's not like you really need a ton of finish work on it. No. So it's just kind of one where... That'd be kind of cool. I'm, I'm sure... Like I said, where'd you get it? Like Pinterest? Just like a, a plan on it? Yeah. In my sketchbook, I had five or six different designs, how I wanted to do it. I want a little bit bigger than some of the kids just, I saw had. And then you just knew the concept of how to construct it all from there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that, that'd that be cool. I think that's something... That's a good one. I like that. Maybe I'll try that. Again, I, My my wife heard that, she'd probably roll her eyes, but... I'm going to add it to my, you got this right. I think I can, I think I can. If not, I'll call you over and we can, there have, we go we'll do it. We'll have a couple uh adult beverages and, and woodwork club. You know, I'd have you come over. I got, I just cleared it out the other day and I got to start setting some stuff up and then slowly start adding. Cause I don't know what I need and what I don't have, mm-hmm. but it's when I get like people like you, my, my sister's boyfriend is very handy with wood and stuff. And he's, you know, same thing, get him over and just kind of play around with some different implements and then learn as I go. I mean, I'm, I'm very much, I, I know I don't know what I'm talking about and I'm very much, I, I will admit that and I'm I'm good with learning. Like I will be, you know, the apprentice or the guy holding the, you know, the dummy end of, of the tape measure kind of thing because it's just like, that's how you learn, you know, right. starting mm-hmm. from the bottom. So I think that'd be fun. Last thing I want to talk about before we sign off, theme parties. Give me a theme party. What, what, what theme parties, what's your top one to three theme parties you've thrown?
1: You know, and, it's funny, and, and these just, aren't, like,
0: college theme parties, right? Like, no,
1: like, this weekend, the Kentucky Derby's coming on. I'm not a big horse racing fan, but think it's the Kentucky Derby. We're going to wear silly hats, and I've invited people over. Yeah, and I was friends of mine were just joking about it. I said, what are you doing for food? I'm like, I want to have tapas. Like, tapas? What the hell are you talking about? What do you want tapas for? If I would have said, hey, let's get a bunch of crazy apps, and that would have sounded fine, right? Yeah, say it that way. I'm like, but I want to have a fun, like, Kentucky. I'm going to wear a jacket and put a hat on.
0: So what else have you done? Kentucky Derby. That's a good I've one. I've
1: seen 80s parties done that I've been at. I've, what else did I try to dress up parties? Have you been um Halloween parties? Halloween parties are great. I look forward to that every there, year. There's yep. one. What Do you do? You have one that you normally go to? Different people have been to have one yet. I've tried that. I didn't do that myself. If someone else has that, I don't want to take that from them. And so I, I'm trying to compete with other parties. There's, a, on.
0: there's one that we go to every year. It's been on pretty much every year. And that's phenomenal, and I'll, we'll, we'll get you to go to that one. Okay. It's, it's good. You'd love it. A lot of people there that you'd like. So it's just – it would be – it's fun. Those those are fun because, like, even as adults, you get to just, like, dress up in cool costumes and just – I mean, it's more of a goofy thing. But, like, we just go and have a good time, and everybody's just, like, laid back. It's not like when you're – you know, it's not like a crazy college thing while all these kids are running around. It's like you just go and, you know – there's some good costumes too. It's like a legitimate – like, you got to, like, bring your A-game when you're making a costume. It's not, like, just throw on – it's not like a gym from The Office, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And like, who are you? Well, like, I'm Dave, you know what I mean? Like, you actually got to put some effort into it. But it, it, there's some been some really good costumes throughout the years. Um, we try to do a summer bash every year.
1: We've got a, a pool and a hot tub. We try to just, we're going to have a lot of fun. The kids have a blast. What do you do, like, for, like fourth, do, you do
0: for the 4th of July? Come to Fern. That's hard. I got to come to Fern. Right? Are you coming? I'm going to try to come to Fern, yeah. You got to come on the, fr- uh, I think it's a Thursday this year. I think it's the 4th. Yes. Thursday's good. I mean, you obviously got to come up for the 4th, but the 5th is going to be the big one. The big bash that night. That's the night. I'd rather have you come on the 5th. Friday the 5th. Friday the 5th. All right. That'd be good. Okay. Anything else you want to say, Paul? I
1: did not think so. Uh, This has been great. Thank you. It's just... Never did done you a like podcast, podcast before to, i did yeah do you listen well, to podcasts i don't know i really don't and i keep getting encouraged by a couple of coworkers. oh i should listen to this one that one
0: you should i i uh i don't know who's advertising the local radio stations when i do that though so i gotta there there's a few i i have no sponsors on this one there are a few local local uh podcasts though, that have sponsors that you you should check out but uh some of them are probably guys that you know you know of that host them locally but um they're good. It's just like conversations, but I listen to podcasts all day long. Like I very re- rarely listen to music. Sometimes I do, but a lot of times I'm just listening to podcasts. So I go MP- VPR,
1: I listen to that quite a bit, and then go back to the different radio stations. I mean, I have different reasons. Right? I yeah. want to listen to every type of
0: music to see who's advertising. Yeah. No. Exactly. So uh, no, that's cool. So I want to thank Paul for showing up, um, doing his thing. Um, you guys should go do CrossFit. Paul's a big advocate Absolutely, of it now. Yes. And Paul's also a big advocate of Giants football, so we love him. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so, that part out. So, so we're going we're, uh, we're to sign off there. But, uh, again, that is episode 30 of the Galen Trombley Show. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G A E L A N. T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.